For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Today, apparently, is St. Swithin's Day. Um, and isn't it the fact that they say rain today, it will rain for 40 days. So that ain't going to happen. Thank you to Philip Joyce and Clonakilty for reminding me. He said St. Swithin's Day today, the 8th century Bishop of Winchester. Uh, rain today, if it rains on St. Swithin's Day, it will rain for 40 days. So we've avoided that one anyway. So no rain for 40. Does it mean that if it doesn't rain on St. Swithin's Day, that it won't rain at all, at all, at all for 40 days? So they call it 40 fair days instead, which is good. Somebody's looking out for us. Sweltering temperatures dominate much of the front of the red tops to say today. The mirror says record baker. The hottest day since 1887. Don't you love records? Don't you love stats? Ireland's all-time high still stands at 33.3, which was recorded in Kilkenny in 1887. They think they could well smash that over the next couple of days, uh, particularly on Monday, which should be the warmest one. And that's why the star this morning says heat could be record baking at 33 degrees, the highest temperature ever maybe on the cars. I don't know if that's a worry or a time for celebration that we're getting a decent summer. I I don't know. Something in the back of my head always tells me, I don't know about this. Is this supposed to be happening? 32.5, 33, these kind of things. Met Aaron warning that uh, the highs uh, could um, also cause problems with regards to uh, people if they don't take care in the heat and in the sun. And I see, I see in the world that we live in now that the Times UK are saying that dogs also need sunscreen. And I was trying to read this story this morning wondering, like, where would you put it? They're covered in dog hair. So where would you actually apply the sunscreen? But apparently, according to the Times UK, um, uh, there, is, there are areas uh, on the dog's body where they wouldn't have a lot of fur and those are the key spots. I don't know whether you give them factor 15 or 30 or 40 or 50. Maybe somebody listening to me actually already uses sunscreen on their pooch, dog or cat or hamster or gerbil. I don't know. If you do get in touch, text 0868 104 106. But the areas anyway, the key hot spots that we should worry about are their ears, the tip of their nose. They love you for that. Um, a lot of dogs' bellies are sparsely furred as well. I don't know. I don't know. Is this a push by sunscreen manufacturers or the real McCoy? But either way, I've warned you, and now you know about it. And another warning. Another warning. I'm wearing those flip flops around the garden all the time now, cutting the grass and stuff like that. Probably not the safest thing to be doing around sharp implements with the toes exposed. But they're saying that flip flops are causing a staggering, t- staggering. Get it? Two hundred thousand accidents every year. Apparently, the most dangerous item in your wardrobe come summertime or any time is them flip flops. I suppose the toeless and heelless could be thrown in there as well, or as I call them, the Jesus sandals. But be very careful with the flip-flops. You don't want to be going a-tumbling. Papers also this morning talk of other stories on a very serious level, and that is the amount of people coming into the country from Ukraine and, more alarmingly, other countries that are really overwhelming us at this stage with regards to trying to find places for them to live and, indeed, to sleep. And if you didn't know it, many, many of the homes, there's only one in five properties that were promised to help house 
Ukrainians actually being used for the purpose. Uh, a lot of people pulled out, but a lot of people didn't pull out. But many, many properties were checked. And because of red tape and issues regarding that they were too rural and there wasn't a bus service. So many homes originally intended to house Ukrainians are lying empty while refugees are sleeping in tents and sleeping also, of course, in Dublin airport. So military camps now to house refugees, according to the Mirror this morning. They'll move into tents in Gormanstown, uh, the camp there, the military camp from Monday, apparently. There's 41,000 Ukrainians given sanctuary in Ireland since February, and that number continues to rise um, in, a, in a matter of hundreds every single day. So this morning, the Mail says that mothers and babies are being asked to sleep on the floor of uh, Dublin Airport in appalling conditions and an appalling situation. So will you have all of that going on then? The Irish Times this morning has a poll asking the public different topics and different questions like the cost of living and, and housing and issues like that. But there's somewhat confusing responses to immigration because like over 80% of people said that Ireland should live up to our international obligations when it comes to immigration. But then 84% Uh, say that there's a limit to what we can cope with. So which is it? Um, If we're living up to our international obligations and can't cope, what do we do next? Uh, In other news then this morning, uh, a story that we'll come back to a little later on. Very sad story of a 75-year-old retired Garda from Killarney who was down on on Spike Island doing a day tour there recently. 75-year-old Edmund Horgan. Sadly, he he ultimately died. Uh, He had a fall down there getting off the ferry, apparently, and uh, waited almost two hours for an ambulance. Uh, And his inquest was yesterday. I'll say no more about that from the Irish Times this morning because I hope to have a chat with Barry Roach about it a little later on. But, you know, this um, issue with regards to hotel prices, the front of the Echo this morning uh, talks to uh, the uh, Cork Irish Hotels Federation chair who's Joe Kennedy from the Maldron. He describes it as a perfect storm of skyrocketing hotel room prices in Cork and says that it may not pass until September. Well, it won't pass until September, until the summer is over, because, of course, the biggest demand will be during the summertime and the tourist season. He says that uh, the inflated prices are due to a perfect storm of demand which will continue until and blow over in September. Uh, And, okay, fair enough, I accept what he's saying. But I never think that it's right that a perfect storm of demand should inflate prices just because there's a shortage. I I think that you should charge a reasonable price. You should have your reasonable profit in there. There should be no greed and no gouging because more people want them shouldn't allow you to put up the price inordinately. But that is just what's happening. And, And I think that that's wrong. And I've always thought greed like that is wrong. I think it's the same with other things, whether it's actually, you know, uh, you know, trying to get a hotel room or, you know, trying to buy a concert ticket or stuff like that. Anyway, um, you know, back in the day of the Celtic Tiger, when we had this huge boom and houses were flying up, uh, there was a lot of shoddy workmanship went on back in the back in the day. Um, and apparently uh, it could cost the state now. I have no idea why, but it's the state will have to pick up the tab, I suppose. Many, maybe many of the houses were built uh, for the state. I don't know. Uh, but 2.8 billion is the figure has been put on it now, according to the Irish Times, with regards to repairing homes 
built during the Celtic Tiger. A lot of problems, uh, lack of fire safety material, structural defects, water leakages, stuff like that, Uh, defective design, faulty workmanship, um, defective or cheap materials, I suppose. Uh, a A lot of issues regarding contravention of building regulations. Such was the speed of housing being built, houses and apartments, back during the Celtic Tiger, that now we have to, um, you know, pick up the tab to repair them because they were built too fast. Not everybody that was building them, incidentally, were properly craftsmen, were proper craftsmen or, or tradesmen even in that regard. And, <laughs> I mean, research is an amazing thing. Uh, but I had to do a double take this morning when they were saying that, uh, and I'll just give it to you as it says. Okay, a regular tipple may help to ward off heart disease a stroke and diabetes. But you need to be over 40 to actually um, see the benefits of a little drinky poo every now and then. The Times UK this morning has research saying that people under 40 should go 100% completely and utterly teetotal, as in don't drink at all. They found that drinking more than a shot glass of beer a day poses a health risk to men younger than 40. Um, The safe daily limit for women under 40 apparently is slightly higher than a shot glass of beer a day. If you saw, yay for women, women celebrating. You can have a a shot glass and a half of beer. But if you saw that on April Fool's Day, you'd probably say, ah, yeah, it's April Fool's Day. But it's not like we're in the middle of fucking July. So apparently the big issue is regarding people under 40 who drink more than a shot glass of beer is heart disease stroke and diabetes and last week that I was reading that a couple of pints of beer is actually good for you it's got lots of natural ingredients in it and a couple of glasses of red wine every day is tickety boo so you you get completely confused you really truly do so one drink a day keeps the doctor away but only if you're 40 plus they say what about what about an ice cream or a 99 because um Unfortunately, lads, there's a claim above in County Meath in Kearns Service Station. Congratulations to them. We need to take the title back from them. Apparently, they have Ireland's biggest ice cream, ice cream, 99. It's called the Big Boy. And it measures from tip to toe, from the top of the ice cream to the bottom of the cone, one foot. It's a foot long. We need to beat that in the coming days. And I've been encouraging you now you guys working in supermarkets and corner shops and centres and delis and supermarkets or old petrol station forecourts. Get practising now on your 99s. We've got to beat a foot high because apparently that's the one that's coming in in current service station, Red Cross in County Meath, uh, the competition with its foot long. We need to beat the foot long big boy. And already starting on this is the Dermot. The Dermot. Named after the skilled worker inside in Centra in Hurley's shop in Patrick Street, Dermot has mastered the art of the cone, according to Cork Bio, who have a photograph of it. He's clocked up a 99 that measures 18 and a half centimetres. What's that in old money, I asked them this morning. Apparently 18 and a half centimetres, according to Claire, is 7.3 inches. Size matters, lads. Size matters. So Dermot... You got to get working, pal. 7.3 inches is good, but we need a foot and one inch, right? We need a foot plus to beat him up in County Meath. 
the number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. So on that lighter note, uh, you can also feel free to send me photographs. If you're working this morning and you're practicing on your 99s, you can send them to me. Uh, you can WhatsApp your photograph. You can email the photograph. You can text me the photograph. You can Facebook me the photograph. You can Twitter me the photograph. Just get those fo- photographs in because um, it's summertime. And uh, and uh, actually, did I read somewhere? I know I'm digressing, but I did I read somewhere in one of the articles this morning with regards to uh, uh, the County Meath shop that they said that they're um, they're ter- they're making uh, and selling something. Oh yeah, here it is. People get it for the novelty, just to see. Uh, on a regular day, we could be selling 400 to 500 ice creams. <laughs> 500 a day. Calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. On a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So an opportunity to feed 15 or more of you in the workplace. So share it with other colleagues and other businesses around you because there's big eating in the food from uh, Roosters, Perry Perry. So text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and we'll start those shout outs in about a half an hour's time, 40 minutes time. So who are you? Where are you working? Who you with? Text 086-8104-106. I'll tell you all about the food, starters, main courses and desserts a little later on, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So get texting now on that one. A lot of texts from yesterday and indeed the day before, and I want to come back to some of those. But a story that I didn't get to earlier in the week that I want to do now, because I heard on the news that we're talking earlier in the week about a shortage of creche places come September when people are looking to get their children into creches or back into creches or into a creche for the very first time. Uh, and of course, there isn't enough to go around, a bit like everything else in Ireland these days, unfortunately. But apparently then I heard of a story uh, involving steppy, stepping stones up in uh, Farron Ree, uh, which is a preschool up there that uh, families and children have been using for quite some time, I think over 10, maybe 11 years. And apparently that's also going to close. Julie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so if it's not creches and a shortage of creche places come September, and indeed there was last year and the year before, there's even a shortage of primary and secondary school places. Yeah. What's the situation now with regards to stepping stones? So basically, um, the kids finished school about three weeks ago. Ada, my daughter, had been in the stepping stones previously, so she was in the junior class and she was moving to the senior class this September. So three weeks ago we went, we met the new teachers, went up, saw the classroom, the kids were there, met the new teachers, all excited. That was it, finished up for summer holidays and then Monday gone a letter in the post to say the board of management had stepped down and unfortunately stepping stones won't be opening in September. Um, and that was they, just it, it was yeah, gone. But they couldn't find replacement directors to go on apparently, to a new board. Apparently, as far as I know, there was two directors um, supposed to take over and in, just in the last week or two, um, they stepped down and pulled out that they okay. weren't doing it. Okay. How do so, stepping stones work, incidentally? Are, are teachers employed? Do families pay? No, so, like, not that I, I don't think teachers pay, so do you know the way our parents pay, do you know the way the kids get the free year? Yes, um, yeah. From three and four, so I, I think they go in at three and then they go up to the senior class. Okay. The senior class then is to get them ready for primary school, you know? Yeah. So, like, there was 18 kids due to start in the junior class on the 30th of August and there was 11 kids from last year that were going upstairs. Um, also, there's four staff there that 
didn't know anything. They were just called for a meeting last Thursday and to be told their jobs were gone. Okay. One, one teacher's there 15 years um, another teacher's there six years. Now, we did get back from the Board of Management. We got a statement to say that there was lack of funding over the last few years, but like, realistically, how were we all blindsided to this? Had we known this, obviously, and thought that there was going to be an issue with stepping stones, we would have looked before now to get replacement creches and preschools for the kids. Yeah. We had no idea at all, so yeah, obviously we were sending them back thinking they were secure. You I know? understand that. But what about the teachers who had paid paid jobs there? If they lost their oh, jobs? Yeah. They lost their jobs as well, yeah. They were out of work. They were only called for a meeting last Thursday and told that um, there was no job. Them in six weeks time. This is only because they can't put together a board of directors, is it? A board of directors. Everything else, everything else is fine. Yeah, and the, well, what they said is that there was a, um, a problem with lack of funding over the last few years, uh, that it was always an issue, lack of funding, and that the board of directors had stepped down. But, like, I'm sorry, six weeks before the kids are to start, it's not on, like... you. A, yeah, they, I mean, they did, they did send me a statement saying two directors, long-standing community volunteers, decided to step down, uh, no replacement directors could be found... They tried to get another provider to keep the service open. That didn't proceed as they had hoped. Uh, the closure was the only option left. Uh, they said that the uh, centre had been running at a financial loss for a number of years, but that every effort was made to keep the service open when there was no longer any other options there to act because, to be fair to staff, parents and children, they had to close and close now to give people an opportunity to find somewhere else in September. That's well, like that's hilarious how close now to give people an opportunity to find places. A lot of the preschools are closed for the summer, so like we're ringing and leaving messages. We can't get through to anyone to try and get other places anywhere we have got through to. Um, have no places. It's a waiting list. I think out of the eleven kids going upstairs, two kids have um, been told they have places elsewhere. But everywhere else, it's just cancellation lists or waiting lists and you're just on a waiting list and like it's funny too saying they couldn't find anyone to take over I made a Facebook page on Monday when I got this letter just to kind of get people behind us to try and help us that's, to what, they said. that's what they said and um, a preschool in Blackpool actually contacted me to let me know they had contacted the board of childcare to say that they were willing to take over the management of Stepping Stones and they were waiting a reply now till now I haven't heard anything back weird that's weird because um, they said the board had been in discussion with another provider could that be the Blackpool No I think this this Blackpool school only um, realised what was going on when they saw my page and they Okay the board had been in discussion with another provider with the aim of keeping the service open with no disruption to staff unfortunately ultimately this did not proceed as we had hoped but you're saying that there is an organisation... Yeah, I think it's called Mween or Mune Preschool in Blackpool. Um, they texted me on the Facebook page to say that they were willing to take over management and they were waiting to reply. Now, I've heard nothing back from them since to see they have they got a reply or not. But they said they were willing to take over the management um, so that the kids would have somewhere to go back to school. And so have you, have you told the outgoing board this? Well, I have, well, see, I, what I've done, um, the boards were so hard to get in contact with. People have been emailing and there hasn't been any replies. Then they issued that kind of statement to say whatever. So what we're doing is on Monday, we're all, all the teachers, the um, 
uh, parents were going to meet at the school at half one. Thomas Gould is on board with us. He's backing us. He's going to be there. Um, Councillors McNugent and Kenneth Collins. Okay, will yeah. the will the outgoing board be there? Um, oh, we're hoping so anyway. And will the people from the preschool in Blackpool be there? Um, I don't like I've said. I'm I'm waiting for contact from them to see have they heard anything back. So I'm not sure what the situation is there. Ah, but that's One very important. You see, if they're still if they're still yeah. if they're still willing to take it over, then the, everybody who has has um, involvement in this, whether it's you guys, obviously Tommy Gould for sure, uh, the board and the Blackpool preschool should all yeah. meet together because it's still not yeah, too late. No, like what happened? Like if it closes, contact. what is what happens to the building if it closes? I don't know, being honest, I really don't know. Um, like that, it was just what was said in the letter, I sent you in the letter, and that was that was kind of it, like, and it was nearly Wednesday or Thursday before we've kind of had a reply from anyone. Um, so we think there's no other option but to just all get together on Monday and see what we can do, you know, to save the school for our kids, like. So what if we, um, what if we were to get in touch with uh, the board to say that there is a preschool in Blackpool willing to step in? Yeah, you would. That be no problem at all. Okay. okay, um, okay. Yeah, and like then the. We've also been in touch with Mween Preschool, incidentally, and left a message for them. So I'm just thinking if we could maybe knock heads together, you know, over the yeah. next couple of days, this could be averted, right? Yeah, and like as well, go help with that girl, Kate, in the preschool. She texted me straight away, and then she was saying if they could help in any way to get Fair the kids in. But like Kate. thirty kids, they can't take in thirty kids. Oh, do you know what I mean? And like the sad thing about it, Neil, is. Um, stepping stones are absolutely brilliant they're so united they're so brilliant with the kids the teachers you go to collect the kids from the gate and they tell you about the day all the kids are so happy they were so excited to go to the upstairs class you know like it was a big uh, thing sure, no, I know exactly what you're saying yeah, and then yeah. how do you explain to a four year old your school is actually closed down and like it's funny because I only live not far from Stepping Stone if I told that to my daughter your school is closed down every time I pass it she'd be saying it's there Tell me this, when they say it's been running at a financial loss, why is that? Has there been a cutback in funding nationally to preschools? Don't have a clue. We were absolutely didn't know anything about this. Right. Had we known there was a problem with funding, we would have knocked our heads together last year to try and do some sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. to try and help fundraisers or do something to help with funding. But, like, we absolutely knew nothing okay, at all about okay. this. All right, well, let's see what the board have to say with regards yeah. to the uh, Blackpool yeah. option. And if I can get in touch with Mween in Blackpool and they come yeah. back to me, I'll chat with them and see Brilliant. if we can move this and knock heads together between now yeah. and Monday, all right? Yeah, Neil, thanks so much. Not at all, Julie. Okay, thanks for getting in touch. Cheers. We'll be back to the story. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Mentioned in the papers earlier on this morning, the inquest report in the Irish Times, very sad and tragic death of 75-year-old Edmund Horgan from Killarney, a retired Garda. He was at, um, or going to Spike Island for the day tour and had a fall, I think, possibly getting while walking up the gangway from a ferry to Spike Island. He subsequently died at Cork University Hospital, having uh, fallen on his head. And that inquest yesterday uh, was covered by the press and amongst them, Barry Roach for the Irish Times. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? And this identifies, of course, priority calls within the ambulance and the fact that our ambulance service, as was said in the inquest yesterday, is completely under-resourced. What happened to Edmund Horgan? Yes, uh, Neil, as you say, he's a, or he was, the poor man was a 75-year-old retired guarder from Crossstone in Killarney. We understood he'd actually visited uh, Spike Island previously as part of a, guide, a group tour, but he came up on his own 
by bus, we understand, uh, to Cork, had got the ferry across and was disembarking from the ferry onto Spike, I think it was the 11 o'clock ferry in. There's a pontoon and there's a gangway between the pontoon and the pier, so the pontoon rises and falls according to tide. And we heard from a man called Noel McCarthy, he was the head guide, uh, tour guide on the day, and he saw this commotion on the gangway and it turned out when he went down that Mr. McCarthy had or sorry, that Mr. Horrigan, my apologies, yeah. had fallen. No, just to clarify, at the end we heard from a, somebody from the Health and Safety Authority and he said the uh, conditions were good, the gangway wasn't slippy, so we're not sure why or what caused the fall, mm. but he did fall. Mr. McCarthy went down and um, he had passed out momentarily and he didn't recall what had happened, but he knew who he was and he knew where he was and uh, he was able to engage with them. So there was a good level of responsiveness, Ms. McCarthy said. And Mr. McCarthy is also a, a, for, a trained first responder, so he made an assessment. And their policy is that if somebody's injured like that, Mr. Horgan wanted to continue with the tour, go up to the fort with the, uh, the rest of the group, yeah. but they said no, and they persuaded him not to. So they brought him back in the ferry to Cove because they felt it would be easier to access uh, medical treatment uh, back in Cove rather than obviously on the island. So he came back. Now, when it happened, uh, Mr. McCarthy phoned 999 and he got through the ambulance control and that was at 11.29 and I suppose the times are significant here because this really is the the the, 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 the aspect of the story that emerged very forcefully yesterday. So 11.29 p.m. or a.m. my apologies. Yes. He rang in. They bring him back to um, Cove and they engage with him and he's still chatting away and everything is good. He's, he's he's engaged and he's talking about um, he was fine we then heard from um, an ambulance uh, the dance paramedic called Jim O'Brien now he's based in Dungarvan he was up with a colleague Paul Murray they were delivering a casualty or a patient to Mercy and they get a call at let me just check my time sir 12.47 at the Mercy they're dispatched down to Cove to meet Mr. Horgan and they get down there at one twenty-two, so about 30 minutes which is you know fair going really mm-hmm. uh, they assess him there and uh, they spend half an hour doing various checks on him he wants to go home he said he's fine but they say no no he does tell them he's on uh, blood thinner alright so they're conscious of that but he's still responding well to them engaging with them chatting about his sons and so forth to uh, Jim O'Brien he spends about half an hour assess him getting into the ambulance he walks into the ambulance and they leave Cove at 1.59 if I one, you are right uh, yeah. you're on my right so yeah. just for the CUH at 1.59 yeah. everything is fine Jim O'Brien is in the back with him and chatting away to him but as they're passing man point he starts to deteriorate lose consciousness and he vomits twice Jim O'Brien radios ahead and said look we have a situation here I think we have a brain bleed have a resuscitation team on standby so they get to the MERS or to CUH within 10 minutes there's a, a resuscitation team from the accident emergency department on standby they get him in there within a minute a minute and a half but unfortunately he doesn't recover and he dies the following day. Now, the issue is, Jim O'Brien said, that it turns out that they were the third ambulance to be allocated to go down from... There were two previously, but they were diverted elsewhere to higher priority calls. Mm. So, no, we don't know what they, what those calls were, but it meant that they were starting late in the case. Now, he said there was no delay in their point, on their part, his own part, and Paul Murray, and that seems to be the case. Uh, the family didn't have any issue with that. But the fact it was the original categorization of him as a non-life-threatening uh, case was the problem, effectively. It turns out he had what's called a subdural hemorrhage, which is a very slow 
brain bleed that can be quite um, very slow initially but it gets to a particular point and you suddenly lose consciousness there's what's called the lucid interval there we heard from uh, assistant state pathologist Dr. Margaret Bolster who was making that point that you know you can be conscious and suddenly gone and that was the problem So it was the we diversion were, of two earlier ambulances two hours, um, yeah, that and, led um, to a delay of nearly two hours is it? Nearly two hours more than 50 minutes in total and Jim O'Brien said you know he, he said that diversions within the ambulance service two more high priority cases that happens uh, he said it was common enough occurrence within the National Ambulance Service and he said the service was completely under-resourced and he said you can get lucky or you can get unlucky and would it have been case that ambulance control would have made that call because um, at the time Edmund Horgan was conscious and was chatting and, and yeah, seemed to be okay the, yeah the information and I mean as I say Jim O'Brien's assessment in Cove was that he was conscious, engaged, chatting about his sons and so forth, everything, which more or less, well, did tally with what Noel McCarthy had found when he was bringing him back in the ferry, back to Cove, after the initial uh, lapse of consciousness. So the picture was of a fairly conscious, and he was, there's a, there's a, a measure called the Glasgow Coma Scale, the GSS, and he was on 15 at that in, in Cove, which is quite yeah, good. Yeah. But this sudden deterioration because of the accumulation of blood into the brain it suddenly puts pressure on the brain stem and you suddenly lose consciousness that was it they were asked whether um, Noel McCarthy was asked was there ever a situation where air ambulance would have been was used and he said there was a case prior to that uh, in 2020 on Spike where they did radio in uh, for the air ambulance it came it was a man who had suffered a heart a cardiac arrest a heart attack sadly he passed away but that w- was there but because of the initial categorization I suppose this man wasn't believed to be his life to be in danger so effectively two other ambulances no, as I say we don't know where they were no, we don't. Yeah. they were diverted to other call outs so he effectively moved on the the, the priority list and became as I say he was the th- as, as Jim O'Brien said they go job to job. They don't know what. It, they didn't realise they were the third ambulance to be called to. Uh, they had no idea what had been dispatched p- previously. But the picture emerges, you know, of a completely under-resourced service. I think Jim O'Brien's comment, but that was was telling. And you can get lucky or unlucky, which doesn't sound a great way to be. Um, it's kind of saying that what we need is a, a, a an ambulance service where nobody is prioritised, and there's no kind of lucky or unlucky that everybody that calls for an ambulance gets it asap. Well, I suppose there are situations. I mean, if somebody has a broken leg. Obviously, it's you know, it's, it's painful and it's just, you know they're in, in 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 distress. But it's not going to be life threatening. So I suppose you have to, to be fair, you have to sort of prioritise. But it's just that in this situation, uh, this man didn't get the priority, and the family were making the point that we've heard frequently this golden hour, the first hour after um, an accident that you yeah. need to get treatment and then yeah. you need to get to the hospital. But it's a, it was a disturbing case I thought no to be honest about it and very unfortunate and that's all and know, what verdict was returned by the coroner well the coroner said because the whole sequence of events effectively was precipitated by the fact that he, he fell for some reason whether it was a mechanical fall or whether he had some momentary um, blackout that caused him to fall that led to him eating and said it was an accident therefore the appropriate verdict was an accidental verdict so that was the verdict that was returned but um, his family were you know they were there two sons themselves asking questions and looking for answers effectively and the, I suppose it goes back they asked Dr. Bolster uh, whether or not um, the original categorization of him as non-life-threatening and she said she wasn't a clinician and she could come but as a general principle she made the point that the sooner a patient gets to hospital yeah, the better their chances of survival no, she did point out that if somebody does get to hospital quickly 
even if somebody does get the hospital quickly, people on anticoagulant medication, blood thinners, such as Mr. Horgan, they do bleed more quickly if they get a brain bleed or other bleeds like that. And particularly over, if they're over 75, the, the mortality rate mm. is, is 60%. So that is something to be factored. You know, coroners yeah. sometimes also give a recommendation, not a criticism, but a recommendation of how things could be better going forward. Was there anything like that? No. There wasn't yesterday, but I'm sure this is a case that we'll hear more about. And, you know, this isn't the first time it's, I think it's probably the first case inquest that I've covered in recent times where an inquest where there was a, an issue of ambulance delay. I'm trying to think of others. I know, but I can you guarantee know. you, I've had but them I on the air in the past. Cases, there was yeah. a young lad I remember playing football out in uh, going back a few years now. He was playing out uh, old belly and somewhere like that, and there was a really bad leg break, and he was waiting an inordinate amount of time, even though the ambulance control centre is only half a kilometre down the road at um, Kinsale Road and I've heard the stories I mean the, the theory as I understand it is that for argument's sake you have an ambulance in Mallow and Mallow has to go to Fermoy to cover an incident there Yeah. then the Cantork ambulance sort of is is moved to Mallow or covers Mallow and you sort of um, move by move cover as it were but that doesn't always work I mean I've heard of cases down in Castletown Bear where ambulances, I think, came either from Fermoy or Dungarvan. Yeah, and from Limerick, so, I've heard them come from Limerick. And yeah, this one in the case of Mr. O'Brien and his colleague Paul Murray, they came from Dungarvan. Well, they were in Cork dropping somebody else off, so they were, you know, it wasn't that they were brought from Dungarvan, um, cold, as it were, to this. They actually no, have to be in yeah, Cork, so they responded. Yeah. But there have been other cases where I've heard of, uh, there have been a few others that I can recall now, of really, uh, I think one in North Cork, down to Tralee or something like that. Uh, I don't have my, my files in front of me, but it's not the first time, you know, and it is an issue that, and obviously with the, the, the establishment of the Air Ambulance Community Service, or Community Air Ambulance in Rathcool in Mil- near Mill Street, that's been a huge boon. I mean, the figures they have in terms of airlifts and getting people quickly and they can get people very, very quickly to, to hospital, they've obviously saved a huge number of lives. I think their figures were, I think I hear some figures of 600 in the first six months call out to something like that. It was a 900, Amazing. I can't remember now. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're doing great work. But it's a question of, as Jim, Jim O'Brien said, you know, under-resourced and you can get lucky, you can get unlucky. That's no great, um, you know, this poor man's family down in, in Kerry. Uh, what was going, a lovely day out for the man because he, he enjoyed coming up and he seemed to be in a Jim O'Brien was saying I was chatting to him and he told him he'd been in Port Law as a guard training when Jim O'Brien told me something Garvin and mm. uh, Jim said uh, he was a fine structure of a man I said that to him and he said yeah yeah I could look after myself I know, right. I know and this is how it ends for the poor man just because uh, no whether you know we'll never know I suppose if he'd got to the hospital faster what would have happen but I suppose that's a question that's always going to haunt his family. An hour and fifty minutes seems like a long time to from from cold effectively to um to um see you know. Thanks Barry as always. Appreciate you taking the call. It returned an accident accidental verdict and of course the coroner and we also extend uh, sympathies to Mr For- Horgan's family on their sad loss. Barry Roach, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times, undoubtedly and I have done in the past, we've had many stories on air of people with regards to ambulance and ambulance call-outs. Uh, your thoughts on that are welcome in general. Perhaps you have a story to share. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. A lot of texts from yesterday and again, we've been talking about ageism over the past few days. And one of the things we talked on was uh, insurance quotes and premiums for people who are getting on a bit uh, and renewing their car insurance. Um, John says, this is rather unkind, but says it nonetheless, that no one over 80 should be driving. A 91-year-old should be praying for a happy death, which is rather unkind. I mean, you know, people are entitled to live their lives happily as first, long as they're on the planet. 
and not be scalped prices when they're renewing things. Older drivers uh, were driving when we weren't even born. Some 50, 60 years driving experience, maybe even more. It shouldn't matter anyway. If you haven't got the hang of driving after a few years, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. Point being, if somebody's driving for 50 or 60 years, they have the hang of it. Yes, their reaction times may not be as good, but 100% of them drive much slower. So it's up to the rest of us to pay attention and look out for them and show them the respect they deserve. If it takes 20 minutes to go a mile down the road because an older driver is in front of you, well, then so be it. Sit behind and chill, because someday you'll be an older driver too. Thanks for that. One or two more. Just to advise, my father is 92 and has insurance from AXA all his life. And it's just below 550 euro, which sounds like a bargain to me, considering some of the quotes that have been getting recently. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Well, I know what you're saying, Martin. He says the ambulance service is a joke, but could you imagine being a paramedic working within the ambulance service and the stress and the anxiety? And that's why I'm hearing that it's hard to get paramedics to join the service now. And some of them are looking and even have decided on career changes. He says, I was at a match in Highfield this year when a Highfield player broke his leg. The bone was sticking out through his sock. After waiting for an hour, his father went and got a van to take him to the hospital, which was only next door. There's a typical example of it. Put him in the back of a van and bring him yourself. Text 0868104106. The things you observe, apparently 60 paramedics have left since the beginning of the pandemic. We've been told by ambulance staff, 60 trained, highly trained and skilled people lost to the ambulance service. 60 paramedics uh, have left since the beginning of the pandemic. Just don't want to do it anymore. Just can't deal with it. I mean, if you don't provide the proper infrastructure for your staff, why would they stick around? You know, there's other things to do to have a happy life. Jim, good morning. Thanks so much for holding. These are a couple of observations of yours over the past uh, few days. Is that right? Neil, yeah, we're just doing, um, just, just on drugs and fellas. Three observations, yeah. No, Three I mean, it's, it's, and I'm only passing boy. I'm not out snooping. No, I know. You're just going about your business. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start? McDonald's. You were, you were, were you inside or outside? I was inside. But don't tell anyone I was eating McDonald's at my age. But anyway. <laughs> we had our grandchild, so we know the choice. We're forced in there. But the things we, that granddads <laughs> do. But anyway, go ahead. But we, we we were looking out the window. So you're only people watching. And this guy walks past about 23, 25. Good looking white guy. And so the guy comes against him. Uh, uh, just African now. You're still a resident here, I suppose. And uh, the deal was done in front of us. The drugs were handed over. And the third company, they, they fist pumped as they passed his 20-second deal. And off he went. So it's kind of like a, was it kind of like prearranged? So what what changed oh, yeah. what changed hands? Uh, just a small quantity of stuff. Just the two hands touched and a small package. So you know, I didn't see the package. The hands were very tight, but they weren't passing ice cream. You know. So one passes a package and the other guy passes cash. No cash, no cash changed hands. Just all revolute, no Neil. Oh, of course, it's all revolute. It's, 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 yeah. The cops can. The cops are going down now with just one fixed buy. If they get caught, they have only one on them. It's personal use. They pass it over. Revolut is probably paid before they arrive. Revolut is the app where you can change money and send money to anybody instantly. Yeah. And you can get, you can get all the drugs you want on the tick. Yeah. There's no problem notice. They're running this stuff up in the businessman by. Yeah, that all probably it. was cocaine, was it? Maybe heroin? They had more than likely, yes. Yeah. Man, the, 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 man, the man that was taken, it was still, it was still okay. Fit looking enough, yeah, yeah. Cocaine yeah, then, probably, okay. yeah. They're just, they're surviving on cocaine, you know, to the point that they can take a lot of it before they go downhill, you know. Yeah, okay. What else then? Uh, the other one then was Patrick Street. That was yesterday. A woman in a car, uh, car pulls up outside by the Le Chateau. 
Uh, one guy gets into a car, then another woman walks up. Uh, she collects stuff. She walks away. The guy gets back out of the car and he goes back around the street again. Well, probably waiting for the next pickup. I don't know. So was the was the car driver dropping off drugs for sale? Uh, I'd say so. I'd say. And the other guy in the back was just doing the deal. No, I didn't see that once. As my wife saw that once. That's the information that one. Oh, my God. And, and the third? The third one then was in Mayfield yesterday again, half past 12. Guy pulls up in the van, refrigerator van. Girl pulls into the side of him. Um, there's a child in the seat. The child passes the drugs out to the man. The man holds a bit of conversation. I was in traffic. I had to drive on then again. That was the third one. That easy. It's it's everywhere. But how do you know those were drugs changing hands? Ah, uh, but Sunil, you can tell by looking. It's a small, it's a small, quick thing, and it's the man is, is 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 isn't even standing straight. And he's a tall man. He's talking, but just stop. I mean, all right. No, I'm I'm take, I'm take your word for it. I have, yeah, I have to take what I see, and and what I see is that, and that's it. It's and not. in this case, you're saying it was a child handed over the pack. And a child handed it over. A child was about yeah, between eight and ten. God Almighty. Uh, that's where we are now. I'm sure if the child got caught, so there's no law on that. Hiding anyway, in plain sight, if you like, right? It's it's just everywhere. And they'll do it in the same car parks and the same garages. And so the cops know. So they can do nothing about it. I think at this stage, because there's no interest in fixing it, it is it's an epidemic, if not a pandemic. And as like I said there, you know, this is doing more damage than COVID. Like, and the long-term health risks are worse than COVID. And the government are showing absolutely no interest. And we can bring the subject up time after time. The government don't want to do it. There's not one policy coming out to, to stop, stop this. And, and as I keep repeating myself, drug testing, save what we have. Like, I, I said to one of my sons there lately, how many people are on it? He said, have you? He said 40, 50%. He said, you go to colleges, they're all on it. That's right. That's right. He said, they're going in. He said, the women are going into the toilets in groups doing it. And, she said, and he said, no, the, the, the boys are doing it. They're going in two or three into the bathrooms taking drugs. This is where we are. Yeah. So all sections, right all sections of society. It's not just students. It's any age group. Ah, no, and, and right. people yes, with... it's everyone. It's uh, yeah, so it's 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 actually unfixable, really. It's we gone beyond, and they had plenty of time. I remember they were dealing with this above in Dublin in the flats. Come back thirty years ago. It's gone to the point now. It's no unfixable, as you said. To say, right, we're going to arrest everyone. We're going past that point now. It's over now. Yeah. So, so what do we look now. at now next? Uh, I think that, I mean, the start of this will be legalizing cannabis and you'll be able to go into a, you'll be able to go into a cannabis come. smoke shop and buy your cannabis and your weed. That has to come. That has to yeah. come. And then they, they legalize cocaine then. And, and is, that, you know, is that it? To legalize and control? Well, the, 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 the alternative is, is, to, to, is to, for the government from the top down to drug test everyone, including the government, including the guards, including the teachers, including everyone that's in the government. And, and you know, you're... But you'd have to drug through. test everybody in the whole world. Because it's happening but every... But should we not? They could inject everyone in the world for COVID. Why wouldn't they have bloody drug test done? It's a simple thing to be a guard in the morning to drug test yourself coming out the door. But So we know that you are a solid person doing your job. But, no, but park the guards now and civil servants and all that kind of thing. Right. People work. What about the rest of the community? Who are, they're the users. Well, it's, it's, at the moment, it's illegal. They should all be arrested. We're not doing it. But you could be arresting 50 or 60% of the population. Well, so arrest them, put a fine on it. But they're doing nothing, Neil, is what I'm saying. They're, the, they've done nothing and we're doing nothing. Yeah, well, we're, we just, so we're, okay, so we're sleepwalking through this, and the only it's you're never going to stop drug dealers, you'll never stop the supply coming in from South America, no. or Afghanistan, places no. like that. No. So what do you do? Do you legalize and control, or what? You just can't put hundreds of thousands of people in jail. No, you can't. I know that, but at least all I'm saying is we're now in recovery. 
And I'm going to say to what I'm saying again, let's, let's hold what we have and then let's, we'll have to walk in reverse now, Neil, because we'll have to go too far. And I don't know what the hell is the problem about breath testing or drug testing, gas. And God, I don't know why anybody's an issue with it. The next politician you're asking, ask him what he does. Yeah, but know, why do you keep going back to members of Angarda Shikana? It has to start from the top down, dear, the lawmakers. I don't want to chase the army man in the street. He's no, no, the Garda Shikana on the beat are not lawmakers. Well, they keep the law, Neil. Yeah, we they uphold them. the law, yeah. We trust, they, we trust them, we trust them 100%, and we should. But why target and, guards for drug testing alone when, 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 as you know, vast quantities of the population are on cocaine or they're on cannabis or they're on ecstasy or on MMDA or they're on LSD, all sorts of things? Take any company in the morning, right, that has employees. If they bought in a drug testing policy going in the door, right, on their employees, and they laid somebody off because of it, they would sue them in the work tribunal. Let's make the laws where you can be sacked immediately if you're on an illegal substance. I don't know but that you would be sued. I mean, there still are companies, and I have no time for these companies who don't allow people to take, uh, to, to take three days sick leave. They don't pay them if they're sick. You know, they, they, that's, that's, that's kind of like the Dickensian the where we live in. So, but that's the whole mess. I know, but they don't, they don't get sued and they don't get reported to, uh, you know, any kind of a tribunal. They just don't allow workers to but claim three days sick leave. So I think drug testing an employee wouldn't... What? If you were a civil servant and someone took three days sick, you'd have to pay them. That's because the laws are respecting the government's people. Oh, yeah, but so not all, not all companies do pay three days well, sick it leave. Should, it just, should be the same, Neil. Why yeah. should some, one company have a different to another? Of course, that's what the all interested. But what if you so? What if you drug tested everybody in the workplace and every college student every Monday morning? Yeah. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with that? I don't know. It sounds chaotic. That's what's wrong. But with it. it is chaotic. They're all on drugs. So what are you apologising for? Somebody do something. The kids are dying from it. We have a mental issue coming. So you can see, even even the guys in the street, you know, that are on drugs. If when they're bumming off, if you don't give them something, they're no shouting at you. Come on, you know it yourself. You're walking down the street. You can see it. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't. I think that to actually put some sort of a plan together to do that, I mean, they can't fix our health service. You heard the story with their ambulance service. They can't find housing. They can't control rent and house prices. They hardly could, you know, get a policy together need, to drug test people. We go back to the hospitals. They wouldn't privatise one. I'm, I'm damn sure there's an American company or a Spanish company would take over the mercy in the morning, right? Get everybody out. Send all the nurses up to the region where they're short nurses. And give those people that are doing the Spanish operations at the moment, give them the mercy. I guarantee you they'd make a war. Well, they just built a brand new hospital in Spain to cater for Irish people who can't get treatment in Ireland. It's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's Everything is broke. Yeah, it's mortifying. And the more money they throw at it, the like <laughs> All right, my man, as always, you give me a lot of food for thought. Thank you so much. As well. Have a good weekend, Jim. Back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I'll be opening the phone lines again later this morning for more passes to give away to some fabulous, fabulous tourist attractions right across the county of Cork. And you should download the Explore Cork app and you can see everything and everywhere that you can visit over the summer here across the city, suburbs and across the county. Explore Cork app. And I'll tell you more of the family passes that we have to give away north, south, east and west 
of the county. It's a free food Friday today for Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So here's what you'll get. 15 of you, maybe even more. All of the starters consist of chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. Then the main event, chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. And we've also got the Piri salted fries, the rice, the waffle fries, the Piri Piri sauce, Piri mayo, lots of garlic mayo. And then that's just the main course. By the time that's finished, then you move on to your own build your own cheesecake opportunity with lots of different toppings, courtesy of ourselves and RoostersPiriPiri.com. If you're getting some food at the weekend, think RoostersPiriPiri.com. Douglas and Blackpool. So some shout-outs. Morning to everybody at Lehan Motors, to everybody working in the online grocery department here in Dunn Stores. Kevin says, there's 20 of us in the department, in the online grocery department of Dunn's, with 16 working today. And because of the hours that we do, we miss out on all the staff functions and the nights out because of the hours. So it would be amazing to reward with all the staff a great bunch and we built a great team here in a short space of time so morning to all of you Kilsar Inquiry in Ovens Union Hall Smoked Fish GRP Roofing Supplies in the Tremor Road are listening the girls of Vera Moda in Blackpool Shopping Centre and Douglas Court Blue Co Skip Hire uh, are listening this morning down Coveway, everybody down in Sunny Kinsale, including Kevin McAllen Building Services, Amari Ireland on the Tremor Road, the Brothers of Charity Day Service, Little Learners Childcare in Cove, Area Carpets and Flooring working in the CUH at the moment, Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormack, Blockwall Developments in Kerry Pike, Deermount Construction, Ballinacurra Post Office Delivery Service, CADA Performing Arts are listening as well, everybody at PepsiCo, particularly the IT Department in Little Island, Dermody Dental Practice, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services, the Clothes Horse Dry Cleaning in Carrick Tool and Castle Marta. Marta, why? Because it's been a long week. DCN Developments in Glanmire and finally Broderick Chemists Barrack Street. So that's the first bunch of shout-outs. Text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and we'll do the next bunch of shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. Back to the phone lines we go. I want to go overseas to West Coast America now where it's probably the middle of the night to Martin O'Brien. Martin, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, there's a slight delay, so don't worry about that. We'll rattle through it nonetheless. You're originally from Ballinlock, is that right? That's right, yeah. I was born in Blackrock, grew up in Ballinlock. And where are you living now on the West Coast? I live uh, a little north of San Francisco. Okay. Now, you have a cannabis farm. You're a cannabis farmer, is that right? That's right, yeah. We have a, a group of vertically integrated companies. We have a dispensary. That's the longest-running dispensary in America. Plus, we have a distribution company, and we have a farm where we have two, 82 acres in Sonoma County. Right. So you have 82 acres of cannabis plants that you grow season after season after season. Then you distribute to them. Uh, distribute them. I was in Canada recently, and there's a lot of cannabis smoke shops that you can walk into. Isn't that the case? There's a lot of cannabis dispensaries that are either a medical dispensary only or a medical and adult use or recreational use dispensaries. There's about a thousand dispensaries in the state of California currently. When you say dispensaries, now what I I saw looked like just shops as if you were going in for a, a, a takeaway coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're definitely be uh, evolved to being shops if you want to call them that, for yeah. sure, they're becoming more of a, part, a regular part of, of society through the COVID uh, times there. The cannabis industry was deemed um, essential 
and we were allowed to stay open pretty much using normal hours during the whole COVID. So it's definitely becoming a, a strong part of society here. Okay. And can you just explain to us, those that are listening and me as well, what happens in those shops? Were I to walk through the door? Uh, you go in and you have a choice of um, edibles, topicals, uh, um, flour, cannabis flour or concentrates, whether they be a pen or in a, in a dab form. Um, and there's someone there that's educated to let you know uh, about cannabis and the different effects of the, the different applications. Uh, um, that's mainly what goes on in there. It's like it's basically safe access is, is, is what it is. Uh, safe access to legal cannabis. The big difference is, is that everything that comes in the dispensary is, comes with a certificate of analysis, which means it's been tested for every kind of mold and mildew and heavy metals and uh, that, that there is. And it comes with a clean certificate, so you know what you're actually consuming as a patient. Most patients have got compromised immune systems. Not everyone that's coming in the door these days is a is a patient. But recently, we did patients for safe access. Did our first conference there at Sugar Club in Dublin. There was about a hundred people at it. Saw it. And yeah. the vast majority, of, yeah, the vast majority of people at that event were sick. And that's so, what the vast majority of people... In so Ireland all of those dispensaries and the ones that I saw in Canada, yeah, they need safe access to cannabis. Is it for pain management? I mean, can you go in there and buy it to smoke it? You can buy it, to, like these days, you can go in to buy it to smoke it or, or consume... Like, most places do not have consumption lounges. It's a rare thing. Yeah. It's just more of a pharmacy. You go in and you get your stuff and, and you, you leave, hopefully educated and informed, and you have the access that you need. Okay, so you go in, you buy your cannabis, you buy your marijuana, or you buy your topicals or oils, or the case may be, but in the case of, say, marijuana, you buy as much as you want and you take it away, and it's legal to smoke it in public. Well, it's like you can only buy an ounce yeah. a day per okay. person, and it's not legal, it's not legal to smoke it in, in public. It's, um, it's the same as alcohol. You can't gotcha. drink alcohol I gotcha. on the streets over yeah. here, so yeah. it's very similar to that. And it's not causing any problems in society there, Martin, no? No? No, no, it's absolutely the reverse, Neil. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, taken, it's taken the power out of the, the black market, even though the black market is still kind of strong here, but it's definitely taken the power out of the black market if your average mother, father, or whatever, wants to go down and they're new to cannabis, which is the most important thing because there's a lot of new people coming to cannabis, and, um, and they have the safe access that they need. They don't gotcha. have to worry about getting it on the corner or who they're getting it from or, or where that money is going or what it's supporting. Like if, if Ireland brought on legal medical cannabis, they could bring the industry over there. I mean, there's more Kerrygold and Guinness and proper 12 whiskey sold around the world than there ever is in Ireland. So why can't we as Irish people have the right to grow cannabis and to, to compete in an, in an industry that's going to become uh, cannabis is the next tech? It's as simple as that. So you would be encouraging the the Irish government and the Irish people to change the legislation to allow that to happen here. And then farmers like you would get a license from the state to grow it and they would be regulated and monitored, is it? Perfectly said, Neil, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it will happen? Yes. When? Next two years. You think so? 
It depends on the people of Ireland that are listening if they want it or not. Yeah, yeah. And is it an easy crop to grow? I mean, talk me through your 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 normal routine. How how does that work? You get the seed, is it, or or do you grow from uh, plant to plant? There's a, an industry now growing up around it, right? So there's nurseries that provide clones, whether they be most people don't plant seeds. Some people do. Most it's like they want to go and get the plants from the nursery. They can order X amount of this cannabis strain or X amount of that cannabis strain. Um, and then you get your soil ready. We grow on soil outdoors. Um, we get your soil ready, uh, plant the plants in sometime around May. Uh, you keep a bit of light on them for, for a while till about the 9th of June. Then you turn the light off and then it's natural order. Uh, it takes over. Uh, take about four weeks or five weeks to stretch. Then there's an eight-week flowering cycle. Then you harvest it. That's about half the battle. Then you have to cure it, which means you have to um, take the moisture out of it, hang it for a couple of weeks, and then there's a process of putting it away in bags and letting air off of it on it. And then eventually it's processed and, and trimmed, and then it's processed into either flour to smoke or then the trim, the leaf itself, is used to make oil or to make concentrates. Um, and that's what that's how it's walked through as, as a farmer. It's a seasonal seasonal thing. I mean, we're all affected by by the moon, we're all affected by the stars and yeah. stores the plant, we're all a high volume of water in the plant and in us, um, so it's a very three dimensional medicine. How did you, and how did you get into that business? How did you get into cannabis farming? Uh, I, was a, I was a music promoter rave promoter for a long time in the 90s in San Francisco and then when I learned about cannabis and hemp I couldn't believe it, that it was illegal and my government had lied to me for American government had lied to me for so long of like of the harms that come with it and reefer madness and all of that and I, I got empowered um, by that because the government lied to me and I don't like my government lying to me um, and so I was like looked into it a little further and then the more you look into it there's no harm in it the worst case scenario someone's going to do is fall asleep you see, one of, one of the arguments that gets batted back and forth here all of the time, as you well know, studying the Irish side of this, is that it's a gateway drug. But there's, there's, I don't think there's any such thing as a, as a gateway drug. Everyone's going to make up their mind what they're going to do. They're going to be influenced by the society that they're in. Look at the people in Holland that grow up. Is there many junkies in, in Holland? I mean, there is maybe in Amsterdam. But to a certain extent, they're like changing that. You know, it's education, man. You know, people mm. need to be educated about what's right and what's wrong yeah. and make up their own mind for themselves. Yeah, and then to behave know, responsibly with to behave responsibly with the product then, whether it's cannabis or indeed whether it's alcohol or tobacco or whatever the case may be, I suppose. Isn't it true? Yeah, you would like to think so anyway. And the vast majority of us citizens do behave naturally. Everyone has ups and downs with alcohol and I'm sure they'd have something similar with cannabis, but at least they have a safe access to it and they can make up their own mind for it. I mean, look at Alicia Meyer. Alicia Meyer has to, is a cannabis refugee. Uh, Stephen Garland. These people have had to move away to Spain, away from their families. I'm an immigrant. I don't know what it's talking about, being away from my family. Mm. You know? And they have to move over there to be away from it because the MCAP program is ineffectual. They don't have enough. I mean, for example, spastic at the MS. There's <sighs> a, an advanced form of MS called PPMS. Where you, it's a horrible death. So the Irish government will recognise that you're sick if you've got MS, 
but they're not going to give you any cannabis medicine until you're to the form of your spasticity. MS. Of course, that's I mean, very true that? because there are two aspects to this. One is recreational use and the other is pain management and, uh, and relief, isn't it? Pain management is where is that? I mean, if people get recreational out of it, great, down the line. But right now, they need dispensaries where people can come in. Amy Brown, have you ever seen that lady walk around? No, like, I don't know her. She's a young, good-looking woman. She's a good, young, good-looking woman. She's got endo- endometriitis, I might have pronounced that wrong, but I mean, she suffered with that for a long, long time. Um, and she just, she has to go to the black market. Uh, there was a story about her recently in the Examiner. I mean, the, uh, there's endless Kenny Tynan. Kenny Tynan had to go over to, to Holland to get, to get his, get his cannabis to, and it kept him alive. So for people in, in chronic tumors. pain or very, very ill, they are buying what they need to get relief in their life from their pain or their illness on the black market. That's exactly what they're doing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. And you believe that this is only a matter of a couple of years before we legislate and we have a similar system to America and Canada and indeed Holland? Oh, uh, that, that's, that's our goal. What patients for safe access yeah. anyway is, is, is to try to do that. And again, it's up to the people of Ireland. Um, we're going to be doing a protest outside the health department on August the 23rd in Dublin. If you or your family members like think that safe access to cannabis is a good thing for you, Come along and support it. Join Patients for Safe Access. Give us your email so we can keep you informed and, and keep you up to date. Do you get back often, Martin? Not often. I'm getting back more anyway. I've been away too long, really. It's like uh, an immigrant. I've been away 38 years now. Wow. Cork. I love Cork. Wow. wow. You know. When was the last time you were home? I got so I'm there for the I'm the founder of Patients for Safe Access and we came home there myself and Kenny and Martin Condon, Lisa Meyer, held a conference uh, in Dublin, as I mentioned. Uh, came home for that. I'll be coming home again now for this protest on the twenty third, and I'll be coming home a lot to try and keep pressure on uh, the government, and uh, hopefully they can learn to be effectual around this uh, uh, topic and uh, stop the suffering of the people of Ireland unnecessarily. Okay, strong words. Uh, Thanks for taking the call this morning. I'll allow people to Google and to connect with patients for safe access themselves if they so so choose. Appreciate you taking the call. Very informative, Martin. Mind yourself. Get some sleep. Thank you. Thanks very much. Good luck now. Thanks very much. Take care. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Lots of texts. Keep them coming. And uh, just some from yesterday and indeed one or two from the day before. Thank you to everybody who got in touch with regards to petrol prices, whether it was the, the Texaco on the Model Farm Road at uh, just... Uh, 199.9, which is just two euro. I mean, it's still 212 and 211 in many other places. We have the ones in Rathcormark and uh, out in Killa. So appreciate all of that. I saw an interesting text come in this morning uh, from Mick, who just can't understand it whatsoever, where you can have a situation where, you know, 600 miles from the Whitegate refinery, uh, you can have petrol uh, for 199. But down here in Cork, right next door to the Whitegate refinery, we're still paying two euro 12, which is quite interesting. Um, then on, I asked about uh, the average cost of 12 driving lessons because they were saying up the country it was 600 euro thank you to the text who says I'm starting 12 lessons next week total cost is 679 euro and a final full driving package when completing 12 tests it's expensive but apparently it's the same all over the city Uh, but Mallow seems to be half the price so 679 in Cork thank you for that on the elderly uh, regarding technology and trying to fill in 
online forms and trying to do things in the online world. Excellent discussion. Going online for the elderly can be very frustrating. There is no help and no attempt to accommodate us elderly. Is it too much to ask for a helpline dedicated to the elderly? Without signing up online in Duns or SuperValue, etc., we can't benefit for money off vouchers and lots more besides. The elderly need a voice to defend and to demand their rights, says Chris. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't charge people, uh, you know, extra to change the categories on their license. Uh, There was a chap on the air who wanted, because he was getting older, he was told you can't have the truck license anymore and that paper, not the paperwork, but the online uh, trying to get through that was a total nightmare. These people who can't grasp the way the world is going with the lack of the personal touch, as that generation said to me, uh, anytime there's a problem, they call us snowflakes. They tell us, toughen up, ye snowflakes. Well, they're going to be left behind if they don't learn how to cope themselves with the way things work going forward, as in, who needs to toughen up now, I suppose. Everyone is saying they don't want a laptop, that they don't want to put details online. Nobody's forcing them to do anything. The level of entitlement is absolutely unreal. You're not special. You are now just a number in the system and you are just going through the process. Uh, morning, my parents find it hard to use remote control for television. Not a mind online banking, God love them. <laughs> Do you ever notice now these days, you the days of one remote control are gone. It's two maybe three different remote controls at the ready. Automation will not replace all or many more workers for the simple fact that the government won't allow it because automation and robots don't pay taxes. Well, things are becoming more and more automated. You see it in supermarkets. I hear of restaurants now. There's one particular one that I want to try where you're served. I'm told you're served at your table by a robot. Haven't been in there yet, but I want to go and see how this works. How does this work? Like, does a robot tootle down through the restaurant between the tables and bring the food on a tray with kind of robot hands. Oh, what's the story? I hear there's one in Douglas that does this. I'm mad keen to try it. I think it's a, I think it's a Japanese restaurant. Should the basic right that a customer can contact a company or a service by person to person should not be actually made law? I think it's a form of discrimination. It should be illegal not to give every customer an option to have person-to-person interaction. Uh, My dad had a similar issue trying to renew his driving license online. He wanted to drop the truck category. I had to try and do it for him because he do it online. I'm a 30-year-old. I consider myself fairly tech-savvy. But I was demented trying to do it online. And that's an understatement. It's impossible. The amount of documents they request these days and the errors you get. Error, error, error. In the end... He had to book an appointment and go in and do it in person. I feel bad for people who aren't tech savvy. It's very hard for people to do things. Why can't we do it in person anymore? And there's reams of these. Uh, Why don't you get Terry Shannon to answer the question on residential parking? He seems to uh, have uh, a lot of publicity on your program. Well, we got on to the council asking them why you need so much paperwork and information for people who are trying to renew their parking permit and why do you need a copy of their house insurance um, there was a, a response came back where is the response uh, yeah no, I can't follow it I'll tell you what as soon as I get it highlighted and the relevant bits highlighted I think it has something to do with um, you know the insurance is needed for a house to prove as to whether you are the owner of the house or the tenant of the house as soon as I get the little bit of paperwork that I need from it I'll come back to it at that stage we want to go back to my phone lines for now though Kate uh, oh no she's not there ok I'll come back after the break I wanted to talk to Mween Preschool and Blackpool I think they may have some role to play in Stepping Stones back after the break get it off your chest 
Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Uh, talking to Jim earlier on this morning uh, about different drug deals that he saw going down. I live on the north side, Neil, and I'm hearing about all these stories of drugs and alcohol abuse. It's because there's absolutely nothing for them to do. Apart from sports clubs, they're just walking around in circles all day. Of course, they're going to get into that kind of trouble if they have nothing to occupy them. And then Sinn Féin are doing nothing. All you see is their faces on television and on the papers. They want to get their finger out and get something done. Well, I suppose Sinn Féin would say they can't get anything done until they get into government. But what's this business about just walking around doing absolutely nothing day after day after day? Uh, why aren't they out getting a job? Why aren't they getting up in the morning and going on to work and, you know, providing for themselves and their families and having a good life and being a net contributor to society? I mean, if you're talking about the kids, well, that's a different matter entirely for underage. They clearly should be in school uh, and they should be learning the books and stuff like that. Or, you know, why, if, why are they just wandering around even during the summer? Why don't I get a part-time job and earn some money? like people used to do. There's no reason just to be walking around in circles all day, as you're suggesting. But thank you for the text nonetheless. Now, uh, can I just go back there to uh, why do people need to send so much documentation to City Hall for a renewal of a parking permit? I got a fairly lengthy response to them. Now, I've managed to kind of hone in on the bits that I'm interested in. And they say, proof of residency is required to be eligible to apply for a residence parking permit. That's fair enough. We accept that. Home insurance must be submitted to verify ownership. Like it's different if you're a homeowner or a tenant. If you're a tenant, then you have to send them a copy of the tenancy agreement. If you're a homeowner and you're looking for your parking permit, you have to prove that you are by sending the home insurance with your name on it. Then you need to send a second document, they say, to support the application. That can be. It doesn't have to be a bank statement with your bank details on it. It could be a utility bill or a bank statement. And the only and the only the top section of the statement is required with your name and address. You know, it doesn't have to be all of your recent transactions, they say. Um, so that's the deal. If uh, the, some of the people that are applying for permits, City Hall says, mightn't be homeowners or tenants. Like they could be a son or daughter. And in these cases, separate documentary proof of residence must be required. So to be honest with you, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Now, people might find it laborious trying to do all that online. I understand that. But I kind of see where they're coming from, that they need some documentation to prove you're the homeowner. Then we asked them, well, what's the difference then? Why Why the house insurance? They said, we require home insurance to tell the difference between homeowners and tenants. As homeowners are eligible to get a two-year parking permit, whereas if you're a tenant or renting, you only get a one-year permit. All right. I hope I've explained it. They did come back to me in fairness to them and they set out their stall. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Meanwhile, too, earlier this morning, and uh, my apologies, I had the wrong line there for Kate Gaffney. She's got Ween Preschool in Blackpool. Kate, good morning. Morning. How are you? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Muin. Muin. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, um, after 11 years, Stepping Stones will not open again in September. And something in the region of 18, 28, maybe 30-odd children, small little children, will have nowhere to go. Um, the board of directors said that they uh, tried to talk to another provider to keep the service open, and that didn't work out. But you expressed an interest, did you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, on the first day close, um, we I I said um, put out kind of uh, to Cork City Childcare that we would take over the management to keep the places open for the children. Okay. Um, like I suppose 
like last month the sh- the parents of Mewen and Superstars, the, the dance studio on the same premises, had a protest about the lack of services on the north side, and um, where a hundred parents turned out in Blackpool about you know the fact, I know you've touched on it. Is that lack of crash, lack of play school, lack yeah, of lack of like yeah, lack of just services for children on the north side. Um, we ourselves we've been under savage pressure the last two years um, to stay open so I, I totally feel for what way um, they are feeling Was your funding cut was it? No the funding wasn't cut um, at all um, but TUSLA have increased uh, more speculations on re-registration What does that mean in English? Explain that to me What so has TUSLA done? So, so they've come back say for, for example for us uh, we've been in the building since 2014 to re-register this year. They wanted planning first, but we have been there so long. Um, we're kind of uh, seven years past needing any certificates, but TUSA won't re-register us until we have these certificates. So at the moment, my service after spending €3,000 trying to get the search, um, and recently Cork City Council came back to say we would now have to go for planning retention. <sighs> So that's another, I've gotten quotes so Why far. Why are Tusla doing this? Why is this €6,000 on top of €3,000? For God's yeah, sake, yeah. woman. Why, why do they need all of this all of a sudden? Why? This is my thing. I rang all of the councillors and I said, I don't understand how a local authority like Carsley Council, who would be responsible for that, um, why does Tusla feel like that that's in their realm of authority? Um, so we've had that um, um, and I've asked Tusla to push out our deadlines now because we we, off, we had five places left this um, September and we've offered that to stepping stone students that we could offer it to um, but I, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact that none of stepping stones closing down is probably nothing to do with the, the people running it I, I think that they did a, a brilliant job I understand that but you were describing to me you were describing to me impediments that are being put in front of your business and your, your, your oh, preschool constantly. like to be honest professionally all of the staff have been under a lot of stress the last two years and um, now personally myself I'm, I'm absolutely burnt out um, from it and, and that's why the parents themselves protested last month it's just a complete lack, of, I think, of oversight of how important the services and are. It is important, thing. and they we're talking about small children here. So if you don't find a planning cert or spend up to nine grand to get it, um, Tusla won't allow you to open, is it? Yeah, they won't allow re-registration. So um, now my, I am going for our retention because I, I honestly think it's so important. Like, we're fully booked for September. All right. We've te- 22 children and starting. how then can you incorporate, if you were allowed to do so, the children at Stepping Stones? How would that work? Well, we were just saying that we would take over the management of Stepping Stones and not move any of those children because we only ourselves had five places to offer. So, so the children would continue to go places. to Stepping Stones. The teachers who will be made yeah. unemployed will be allowed to continue to work and teach there and look after the children. And you would look after the managerial directorship aspect of it. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. so that's what we offered. And I think a couple of, not just us, I think a couple of other services have offered the same. Um, but, but why I then has the board pulled the plug? See, I, I'm not sure. But for like for me, my opinion, community preschools do such good work. But Tusla have a lot of, um, you know, responsibilities on voluntary boards. 
and it gets stricter and stricter as time goes on and I think it's very hard then to get volunteers to go onto those boards with such a Okay, um, but, okay but, and, and, they've, and, and they've said that and they can't get people to take over and two of the directors uh, are deciding to step down and that's their right to do so and thank you for the work. But you were told by Cork City Childcare, is that run by Cork City Hall? They're not their support um, to all the childcare providers in the city. Okay. And they've told you that there's a tender process, is it? Possibly, um, that, that it would go to tender and an application um, when, when they do finalise. Um, but this is, the middle of, this is the middle of July, six, seven weeks to September. Yeah, and, and TOSLA themselves, if you want to change any circumstance within your service at the moment, there's a two-month turnaround. Is it too late? So if possibly is too late, I'm not sure. Um, unless anyone can push it along, you know. And on Monday now there is a gathering, isn't there? Are you going to go to that? Yeah, we'll be there. Um, definitely there to support um, the children and the staff of Stepping Stones because it's really important that services like Cushion Place preschool closed down two years ago. Oh, so uh, if this closes now as well, and when when Cushion Place closed down, they were also very busy preschool. So. You know, Where do those if, children if the, go? If the pressure, I don't know, but if the pressure like keeps going on to services on the north side, there's going to be very little left on okay. the north side. Okay, and a part of your text to me, and thank you for it, said that there are no services on the north side for children, despite hundreds of new houses being built. Uh, texter says to me, over 100 houses built in Farnry in the last year alone, 300 houses at near Millfield service station, 100 apartments are going to be built there, 600 houses on the Mallow Road being built as we speak, an apartment block going up in Blackpool as well, no services. Would anyone believe no. we have three Cork men in senior government? Yeah. And we have like 240 families are using our services in Blackpool. When we say services, what do you mean by services? So we have um, a preschool. Um, we have an after school, which uh, as far as I know is one of the only no. after schools open till six o'clock for working parents. Um, we have a stage school and gymnastics club. Okay, and when you say lack of services, um, what are those services that are lacking? So childcare is a big one. Um, we have very, like, I think Little Miracles, which is going towards town, is one of the only, if, I think there's two that I know of full-time crashes on the north side. If you went over to the south side, you'd have a, lo- a load more of them. Um and then, like, there's, there were the only gymnastics club as well on the north side. Okay, so, so sports clubs, so. creches, preschools. Um, Enrolment in primary school, is that a problem? I, I'm not sure. Okay, I believe it is, but not necessarily exclusively the north side. Just trying to get your child into first class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. like, like, and, and like, Cork City Childcare have been a great support to us. Like, they've been working non-stop to try and resolve um, our issues but it's just it's just very hard and, and the fact is that you know there's been all this development going on in Blackpool on the north side um, to get housing and while we told I totally understand there is a crisis in housing there's also this other crisis going on in the background um, like children like we've seen since we came back after Covid a massive increase in children's mental health and anxiety so these services are just as important as like uh, the housing crisis and how the children, equally as important. How have the children you know? changed in your eyes? What have you observed? Usually, like we we would have had very extroverted, confident children before the pandemic come back into us like different people. 
heads down. You know, we had a, we had a big job this year to try and build back up their confidence. We had children, you know, just not used to being around other children. We had a lot of that with our younger kids but they just didn't have the social skills. So we were trying to integrate them. And we oh had a lot God. of children with sec- separation anxiety as well from their parents. Oh, my God. Um, where they, they were just, where we were, like, I'd say every day we were getting phone calls about their children, the anxiety that they couldn't go into school. Could could we just get them down to us? Um, like, it, it's a huge problem in itself. And I would say mental health in children and teenagers is equally important as the oh housing my God. crisis so that is has equally to do important with, uh, as childcare. That, yeah, absolutely. You're describing lockdown and restricted movement and all the consequences of that. Yeah, 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 huge. And and, and even our service this year in Blackpool, we, um, like we were at capacity, we added additional services for children with additional needs. We had play therapists in, try and resolve some of the children's anxiety. Um, like we're doing a lot of work in Blackpool um, and a lot of good work but you know the pressure like ourselves we've been under the last two years has been horrendous and and there's all different factors there there is you know the re-registration process um, the, the pandemic and being closed and all that as well um, but like I think it is so important to invest now in the services like childcare like Stepping Stones like uh, Mewen to make sure that the future generation of children who are who've had to deal with an awful lot in the last two years are going to come out, you know, well-rounded people with the confidence and um, to go on in the world and you know with their best full potential. Ah, uh, come here. Your service sounds ideal. Um, it really does. And uh, and and it's sad then to be hearing that others like yours may not open or are closing. You know, that's like you spoke about Cushing. Cushing Place and of course the issue regarding uh, you know Monday's protest from the point of view of stepping stones it's very very worrying it's alarming yeah. particularly when you describe it from the consequences of COVID and lockdown and our small little children that's very yeah. sad it will, will it will send an absolute ripple effect into the younger generation if these services are continue to be put on, under pressure and I suppose like I'm I'm in it in the north side this the stage school is all over uh, Cork City and County and I would see the same level of anxiety and stress in children in those locations not just the north side that's I just, alarming I'm just alarming. aware of childcare on the north side because I'm here I know that's alarming listen we might get an opportunity to talk again after Monday's get together and protest or, or rally you know no problem okay yeah, no you're problem. the greatest thanks so okay. much thanks nice. appreciate you taking thanks the call take care take care Bye. text 0868 that's Kate Gaffney from Mewen Preschool in Blackpool back after the break talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818 104 Cork's Red FM uh, do you remember Earlier in the week, I was telling you that Michael Kiley's daughter got in touch with me to tell me about uh, the fact that we have world champions in our midst. I was telling you about this thing maybe Monday or Tuesday. It was the 4x400 uh, 75 age group plus relays at the World Masters Athletic Championships in Finland. Well, we do have world champions, gold medalists walking amongst us. And one of them is Hugh McSweeney from Lehenamore. Hugh, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Congratulations. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> and to you and to uh, Hugh McSweeney and to, I believe, Michael. I know I'm, f- I'm forgetting others. Uh, Michael Kiley. There was four in total, wasn't there, Hugh? Michael Kiley. There was um, Gerald O'Reilly and John McDermott. There you go. John, Jerry, Hugh and Michael. Michael. You ran the 4 by 400 which means that each of you run 400 metres in That's 5 right. minutes, 6 seconds. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, that's, I was just chatting with Rory from Sports here, who's a 30-something. He says that's faster than he could run it. 
Oh, probably it is. <laughs> no, no, no. Just fast, all right. Well, we, we targeted that going out. We knew that we had a great chance of winning that, you know? <laughs> that the, 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 now, the three of us would be sprinters, like, but Jerry O'Reilly isn't. He's a, he's a middle distance, long distance runner, you know? Yeah. He's from Laos. He came over from Laos, over, over in Asia. He came, came all the way over. And he got a cone, you know? He got on there, like, we ran, we ran and bragged there in February, the Europeans. Yeah. I won, I won silver in the 400, and then uh, Michael's daughter, Mary, she was in charge of the relay, and she said, you will make a relay team. We had two over 75s there and two over 70s. So we went down to the over 70s, and we won the relay over 70s, European as well. So, but this one that I'm talking about, gold in the 4x400, 4 4x400, you have to be over 75. Yeah, over 75 in our category. Yeah. You have over 70s in as well in their own category. So we came down with the over seventies for the for the European indoors. That was two hundred. I understand that was in Portugal, wasn't it? That was in Portugal in Braga. But like for seventy five pluses to be running those kind of times, you must be seriously fit. Oh yeah, I mean you have to put the walk in. If you're not going to put the walk in, forget about it. Walk away. <laughs> walk you know? away. <laughs> right. I mean, I I train I train the track four days a week, and I go to the gym one day a week. <laughs> and, and, have uh, you been running all your life? No, yeah, I kind of took it up in the boom time there. I started off there back in the 82 when the Maldons came around, like, and we took it up then, and that's when I started off. But then I was out and for 22 years, and I came back there in 2018 doing the park runs. You said the hunger the came back again, was it? Uh, yeah, Mikey came back as well. I came back in, in, and started doing the park runs, and then I got the bite again. So I started off doing the sprinting then again, like, in 2019, so... That's when they started back. And again. do you run with Eagle A uh, Athletic Club? Eagle A, see, we're, we're based here in, in, in outside in the region, outside in the um, EMU, like, you know. It's an amazing thing. So do you have to watch your diet and everything? Well, you don't watch your no diet. <laughs> 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 I, I eat first day and that's it, you know. <laughs> but you don't go overboard, like, you know. Now you, you, I suppose you don't really have to because you're burning so many calories in quite training. Correct, quite correct, yeah, quite correct. Nobody dropped the baton. Is there a baton in that, yeah? What oh, is a baton. Nobody dropped the baton. No, if you dropped the baton, you can walk away. <laughs> I'm always watching relays, seeing if they're going to drop the baton at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you can forget about it. Drop the baton. You forget about it. You know, you're done. Oh, my God. It's an yeah. incredible achievement. How do you, do you celebrate after it in Finland? <laughs> Myself and Mike, we, 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 had our dinner, we had our dinner above the hotel, and we said we might just celebrate. We'll have a dessert. <laughs> That's what we celebrated with a dessert. We had two and a half of ice cream each. That was it? That was it. You wouldn't yeah, allow yourself a said, pint said, nor a glass of wine or anything, no? No, I, I don't think. But Mikey said to me, we, we'll get the ice cream. I said, just grand. I said, yeah, one. We see four scoops. I said, we have four scoops each. He said, you know what a scoop? She said, they're four euros a scoop. <laughs> so you might get a 16 euros or two euros. Two scoops will do what I I know, you should have had four scoops for the four <laughs> by 400. <laughs> they were fierce big scoops. We wouldn't have finished it, you know? <laughs> So you're not finished yet as gold no. medalist. What's next now, having well, won the World Masters? Is that I have the Nationals on in four in, on the 13th of August, which is off your four and a half weeks' time of open Tullamore. That'd be mine now, like. And is that another, is that an individual race? Oh, yeah, I, I'd be doing the 100, 200 and 400 in, in the Nationals, like. And do you have a time for the 100 already? Ah, I wouldn't have been much good. At, uh, I, I'd be around, I, I'm only around the 15 seconds on, like, but I'd be kind of around the 31 seconds for the 200, you know? It's amazing, isn't it? 
And I'd be, kind of, I'd be kind of 71, 72 for the fall, like. Right, okay. And what happens then when you hit 80? Will there be a, an 80 oh, plus? That's, that's, that's our next one. Oh, that's, we said we won't go out no, we get we hit the 80 mark. <laughs> we'd be over the 80 then, like. How far up does it go, these world masters? Up to, oh, I wouldn't get to read it. It's like, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard. Oh, I bet there's a hundred one in there, like, at the round. But it's very hard like, to get four over 75s in Ireland, such a small country, you know? I know. I think it's a it's, fantastic it's, I, achievement. I don't think we'll ever do it again, like. I think there should be a big celebration. You should be honoured in City Hall by the Lord Mayor, man. <laughs> huh? I uh, know, uh, it's just... But, uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it now, like, you know. I think it's fantastic. And have you any words of advice for people who might be getting on a bit and thinking they're past it, Hugh? Oh, no. I go out, look, and start walking and jogging. And the park ones, the park ones are great. You know, you've got maybe Saturday on. There's one in Bellincolic. And um, go out and join up that. You can run and walk that. They can get fit, you know. Absolutely. It's a great photograph of the four of you all togged out in the Irish gear with the tricolour. It must have been a very proud moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. We were delighted ourselves. Fair play to you, fair play. And your own backstory, you're a Cork man, lived and worked here all those years, I, yeah? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, from, I'm up here in the Hinnemore. And uh, is, is Michael Kiley still in Cork, or where is he? Mikey, Mikey's outside there in um, Shambelli Moor, you know, out, out, uh, Mikey's a kind of a lanny man, originally, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you probably chat to him down the next. But um, my lead, um, Mike is out there in Shambelli Mall, like you know. I know, I know. I had, listen, I had hoped to chat with him. He's not picking up now. He's probably out running around parks or running oh, around racetracks or something. Uh, but he'll be there, right? I'll, I'll track him down. I certainly will. I certainly uh, will. Uh, yeah, he's there, all right. He's there. I speak to him. Well, go there. Like, Fantastic. There, so, do right. you get medals or a trophy or what? Oh, we got we got our gold medals. I can understand why four scoops of ice cream would be 16 euro. Scandinavian <laughs> com- countries are terribly expensive, aren't they? It's expensive, all right, you know. Yeah. And you see, you see, we're not sponsored. We have to pay our own way for this, you know. Oh, for God's sake. There's no sponsorship like whatsoever from, from Lennox Island or from the States, you know. Why isn't and there some subsistence? We just don't get Cost roughly two thousand to go to these things, like you know. And are they, you know the World Masters Athletic Championship? There's yeah. lots of support at that. Is this televised what, and everything? What is that? Was on YouTube there, like you know, lads are looking at live there on YouTube, like. I must watch that. The four yeah, by four hundred. You good? It was on YouTube, like you know. That's probably still up there. If I can find the link, I'll share it. Up there, maybe still up there, like you know. Well, listen. Congratulations to you. It's a great thanks, achievement. Thanks, Neil. Well done. Gold medalist for Ireland in the four by four hundred. We'll keep an eye on you in Tullamore, and we'll keep an eye on you for the other internationals as well. Oh, do that, do that, do that. And seriously, I really think that City Hall and the Lord Mayor should get involved in some sort of a reception. <laughs> it's a fabulous achievement. It really and truly is. Uh, yeah. And you're never, you're never too old to go for gold, isn't it oh, true, oh, you? No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Fair play keep to you, boy. Take care of yourself. Congratulations, one and all. Thanks, Neil. Thanks Lovely. very much. Great photograph on the track with the tricolour. And thumbs up on the four of them in their Irish kit. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. A couple of shout-outs for our free food Friday. Keep those um, WhatsApps coming and texts coming. Text or WhatsApp 0868104106. Hi, hi to Ross and all of the lads driving ready-mix trucks for RPC, Haulage and Granada. To everybody at Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. PPL Biomechanics on the Tremor Road. We also have everybody listening at Little Hands Child Care on Redemption Road in Blackpool. O'Leary's Lestart, Lestart to Volkswagen, Rockwell Engineering and Ring of Skiddy, to everybody at Cloudera um, and everybody working in the endoscopy department unit to the Bon Secours Hospital. A nice way to
to start the weekend, they say. Amberley Nursing Home, Northside Tires, the Donovan's Pharmacy in Balafihan, Euro Car Parts, everybody, ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool. Who else have I got for you? Lunch for AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, everybody at Loftus Demolition in uh, Dublin Hill, Haven Bay Nursing Home, Arkill Quarry and Cross Barry, and one or two more at Donovan's Pharmacy in Balafihan, everybody at the House of Herring can sail, uh, Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike, Acorn Blinds, and everybody working at Sigma Homes in Donnybrook. We'll do some more shout-outs just after 11 or maybe 20 past 11, but you need to get your details in. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. You'll be fed 15 or so of you, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, uh, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show uh, Big day in Blackrock tomorrow down in the village they're having the Blackrock Village Festival I love these kind of events the weather is certainly going to be on your, on your side if you're in the area then you need to be down around Blackrock in the plaza area of the village from 2 until 6 uh, because they have a big event big family fun day down there. I see Hank Waddell is playing, uh, the great Hank Waddell playing. I think he might be playing with Declan Sinnott. Big fan of both those guys. The great Declan Sinnott was in studio with me some months back. Great guy. Fabulous talent, as is Hank Waddell. Numbers of a uh, lot of other local artists and children's play area. There'll be a big fancy dress. There'll be Irish dancing. There'll be lots of food stalls and lots, lots more. So that's tomorrow at Blackrock Village from 2 until 6. The Blackrock Village Festival. Well done to all concerned. Thank you to Councillor Des Cal for getting in touch with me regarding that. Just before midday, but a lot of giveaways uh, to give away just before midday today. I'm going to start giving away some more of our family passes. I've already given some away for the likes of Michael Collins' house. I think we gave away a couple for Zip It, Farron Woods, Zip It. Uh, there's a big long list of passes, family passes that have been provided for uh, you guys to take the family over the uh, you know, the rest of July and across August for day trips to various tourist attractions. I'll say no more about that for now, but I'll tell you more about them uh, a little later on this morning and then I'll open our phone lines on that one. Lots of other texts and calls and different topics. You know, my conversation yesterday with Laura O'Connell, there is a GoFundMe page that's been set up now to help her to pay the legal costs because she was in and she was bullied, she was harassed and she was stalked and the woman who did it is getting is, is cooling her heels now in jail. Got a two-year sentence for that. And Laura was very open and we chatted very much yesterday morning about what she went through and is still going through. One of the big issues she had is that she's come through an awful lot of illness and sickness uh, and actually it ended her corporate career. She was trying to set up and go into business as self-employed as an entrepreneur and go out on her own and of course all of this bullying and harassment then started so she needs to pick up her life but she can't do that with this legal debt her solicitor needs paying and she gets no help in that regard certainly no help from the person who's in jail and no help from the state she got no legal aid, nothing like that. That's why someone says to me by text, uh, she's better, you know, it's like an episode of Criminal Minds. In Ireland, once the courts are involved, you are no longer a victim. You are just a witness. But she's left now with a €28,000 legal bill. And that legal bill has now been sent to the city sheriff. So it needs paying. Uh, and she also has a son that needs to go to college. Now, some were saying that uh, Laura should be able to get a Susie grant for her son to go to college. At the same time, she was saying by text, um, that lady should be able to get a Susie grant for her son to go to college. Very sorry to hear that she's getting no support. 
It's always the way, isn't it, that the criminal gets all of the support. Well, that certainly seems evident in this case. But anyway, the GoFundMe is up. The target is 28,000. And since we chatted with Laura, it's just under 2,000 now. So if you think you have any few bob at all that you could help her to get to 28,000, she'd be very, very grateful. Uh, on GoFundMe, it's, uh, you're searching for Laura was bullied, harassed and stalked. And I see people contributing since yesterday morning. And it's lovely to see. So thank you to all who have. If you have, and I know things are tough now for many people, but it's certainly tough for Laura and she needs our help. And we need to have her back on this one. So on GoFundMe, Laura was bullied, harassed and stalked, whatever you can afford. That would be great. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. It's never too late. And I think we heard that from the boys uh, in the 4x400 relay win the World Championship over 75s there just before 11. Here's Tony Maloney's story. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Tiffany. Uh, you have dyslexia, but you haven't, well, for a period in your life, you allowed it to control you, but then you decided enough is enough, is it? Well, uh, I, I didn't realise that I had it until I went back to education. Right. No, right. I went back to do some computers to see. Can you hear me okay, Tony? I can. Yeah, it's just breaking up a little bit. So I, I, I don't know how old you are, and I don't, I don't need you to share it if you don't wish. But for 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 much of your life, how difficult? What, like how difficult was school? Really, you know. I mean, I was at fifty-seven in my class, and. Uh, no, it's a shocking line, Tony. You're not on a speakerphone or anything, are you? Can you move around a bit, maybe? Okay, I'll come, I'll, I'll come back after the break because I really do want to hear your story. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. So, Tony, are you there? I am. Did you, you say, me? did you say there was 50-odd in your class? There was 57 in my class. What? 57? You must remember out of the 60s and the early 70s, yeah. In, is that primary? primary school and, and I went into secondary school and I went down to 20. 57 in a primary. Like, would there have been first class and second class mixed in or what? No, not there. It's a shame actually because it's a great story to tell. We just tried to just tried them on WhatsApp. It's obviously not going to happen, possibly not today. But I'll tell you what, I'll hang in there. There will there will be a time sometime in the not too distant future when I will get to hear Tony's story because it's a very interesting one. He says it can be, de- and these are his words, it can be degrading when you're illiterate, he says. Uh, but he made a difference, just to let you know what he'd be talking about. He recently studied and passed 11 subjects for his junior cert at the age of 65. So all that. So it's never too late. You know, that's what we've been talking about, whether it was the 4x400 relay or whether it was Tony with dyslexia. Uh, but it's interesting the amount of text that people are facing these days when it comes to the change in, the, in, in how commerce is done. And it's not so much commerce now anymore as e-commerce um, and one or two other examples the doctor's now asking you to book online telling you that you can go to gogp.ie for an appointment but all about the people who can't do that and usually just pick up the phone uh, with regards to uh, parking permits I'm a council tenant I applied for a perm- permit and they wanted proof of address I'm a resident for 14 years and to top it off it was two years for 20 euro now it's 30 euro for one year they're gangsters the whole lot of them I think you would accept that they do need some kind of proof of address as a tenant you only get the one year but if you were the homeowner you'd have got two years 
I think that's unfair. I suppose they're only doing that because they don't know how long tenants will stay in a house. Uh, my husband was at Parky Cueve a few months ago for a court game and he witnessed two elderly gentlemen getting refused at the turnstiles because they were trying to pay for tickets with cash. They were very distraught and lost and had no idea what an e-ticket is. Luckily, two young lads who overheard the situation purchased tickets for them online and they then gave them the cash. It's an awful way that the elderly people can get left behind in a situation like this, especially if they don't have a relative who can help them. Why is cash the enemy now? You know, why are so many... Is it to do with, you know, security, not having cash, not, you know, keeping large quantities of it? Everything now has moved on to debit cards and credit cards. Just want to tell you that I was in a restaurant in Limerick recently and I was served by a robot. That's where we're going now. You order the food through the QR code on the table. The robot brought our food from the kitchen, came, came back when we were finished, and very few assistants there. Um, you know, the robot went in and out to the kitchen, all done. It felt to me very impersonal, if I'm honest, says Bridie. But that seems to be the way things are going, and that's our future. Yeah, I understand the impersonality of it all, but I'm keen to see how it operates. I believe there is a restaurant in Douglas that does something similar to that. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to go and experience it, just to see what it is like. But Richie reminds us, though, that with regards to all of this electronic storage of your data, uh, which is constantly under attack from hackers, um, and also the fact that those that harvest all of your details uh, sell your information to third parties without your expressed permission. You really have to read the online terms and conditions, he says. Have we forgotten about the COVID tracker app? Uh, Is that still active? Yes, it is. Uh, He says, uh, you will ultimately be told everything and anything to do with your life. Mark my words, there will come a time in a cashless society when the state will dictate what you can spend and how you spend your own money. They will start declining transactions. You have reached your carbon quota, they will tell you. You have reached your meat quota. You can buy no more. You have reached your fuel quota for the month. You can buy no more. You can laugh at me if you like, he says, but it's just around the corner, says Richie in Toker. So text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 and we'll come back to those. All right, I'm keen to talk a little bit more before we finish uh, uh, with regards to 99. So I'm encouraging you guys if you're working in a supermarket or you're working in a, in, a, in a shop or if you're working in a petrol forecourt or anywhere where people are selling, um, you know, 99s and, and cones, we need to beat this record above in County Meath, right? They claim, and I've seen a photograph of it, they claim to have a foot high uh, 99, a foot high cone. So we need to get that or more. That's like 12 inches. Could we do 13 inches? Size matters, lads. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. So I don't get clogged down at midday. We have uh, two pairs of tickets to give away for tonight's massive promotion showdown between Cork City and Galway United. We'll give them away now. Your opportunity to go. They're expecting 6,000 to be at Turner's Cross tonight. Oh, wouldn't it be great if all of the games had 6,000 plus? But there will be tonight between Cork City and Galway United. So we've got two pairs of tickets now. Get on the phone 0818104106 and you're off to the match to shout on Cork City tonight against Galway. So we'll do that now because just before midday, I've got some 
family fast passes to give away uh, for lots of different tourist attractions. But back to the phone lines we go. I will come back and chat again uh, with other people that I won't get to this morning. I promise you next week will be good for all that. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good. I was talking earlier on this morning that there is now research out that says that if you're 40 or under, you should drink no more than a shot glass of beer. I actually thought that there was April Fool's Day when I read that, but that's what they're saying. Um, again, yeah, it's you know, amazing. Uh, yeah, well, like um, I understand the paper never refuses ink, but that's what they're saying anyway. But you wanted to, exactly. you, you wanted to pick up on um, the numbers that have been released with regards to Tabor Lodge, receiving a thousand yes. calls from people seeking support last year. Is that way up because of COVID? Is this COVID related? I don't think it's COVID-related. I think it's a societal issue. No, I'm just saying because people were under serious restrictions, were they drinking more, you know? is that Possibly, possibly. You can use that as kind of an excuse, yeah. People are drinking more at home. I was in town on Wednesday night. The pubs were empty. And it seems to me, like, I know it was Wednesday night, but they're, they're, people are drinking a lot more at home and different measures and all that. But yeah, but a lot of others aren't drinking at all. I mean, you've got to look at a whole generation of young people now who before on a Friday at five o'clock will be rushing to the pubs. A lot of them now yeah. bring their gym bags and they're rushing to the gym in fairness to them. Correct. And a lot of them are taking a lot of cocaine every day as well. I was talking to an 18-year-old and it seems to me that in Cork and in the country there's a cocaine epidemic from all ages and they're taking it and getting addicted to it. Uh, and it's terrible. There is, but but again, I I mean, I don't mean to sound like a scratch record, but I hate being down on everybody, you know? I hate generalising. Correct, but the hard fact is that Tabor Lodge got a thousand calls in 2021. That's a thousand people looking for help. And I presume they're all Cork or down in the south. And, like, we have for years turned a blind eye to alcohol. Like, the bottom line is Cork people, city and county, the country, we drink too much. One of the reasons I'm reading Yeah, the there's Union. a league table released earlier in the week, though. When you look at the European Union, if you took 15 countries, we come in about ninth. There's many worse yeah. than us. Come on now. Uh, I wouldn't agree. Like, you go down, I was in Kinsale on Saturday night. There was thousands outside bars. People in Ireland drink a lot. No, but Vincent, you're confusing people in bars having fun with people yeah. having a drink problem, man. Correct. But, but like, the hard fact of it is that you ask any medic in any hospital, have we got a drink culture in Ireland? Ask any foreign person that comes in to Ireland to work in Apple or wherever. They, like the people that come in here to work, think we have an incredible culture of pub and alcohol. And are they the barometer of? Are they the barometer by which we should judge ourselves? What others think of us? No, no, no. But I'm saying we have a huge uh, alcohol. It's it's a generational thing. It's our culture. The pub is a part of the tourist culture, if you like. No, I'm not saying everybody. I see nothing wrong with people drinking. But it's when you go, when people are going beyond the, you know, the limits of alcohol. And people are drinking 8, 10, 12, 15 pounds. I know it. I, I'm around the place, you know. I can't, I can't I know. argue I can't argue with the amount of people in hospital, whether it's through A&E or in hospital beds yeah. with, with the, uh, the heart disease, stroke, the, diabetes. The, the, figure, the figure every, every, every day. The stat, the stat, the stat is four people every day are buried into the ground because of alcohol-related issues. That's higher than COVID, you know, and that, that's a huge figure. But the re- one of the reasons I'm mm, reading you on true. Tuesday is my birthday. On Tuesday, and I'm off the alcohol 10, 12 years, and the difference it has made to my what? life 
Uh, why do you say 10, 12, why do you say 10, 12 years? Because I'm not too sure of the actual date. I remember Casey Taylor winning the gold medal uh, in the Olympics and the whole thing is a bit of a fog because I had serious mental health issues also at the time. So I don't remember the time. Was that, at, okay, that so that was 2012, so that was 10 years ago. Was that when you stopped? Was it around when Katie Taylor won? Yeah, around that. I remember coming out the door of the Silver Key and I wasn't drinking at the time. And I remember going to the car and I said to myself, uh, I was kind of in the framework of getting off it. I was very determined. Uh, if Katie Taylor can win a gold medal, I can go off the drink. I remember saying that to myself. And wow. I met an absolutely wow. fantastic person uh, uh, that helped me for about a year. And I went to see her every Thursday. And we dug in and I went to her and I got off it. But by God, I tell you one thing. It took me a long time to get off it. That was the thing. And the damage it done to me uh, financially and mentally was incredible. When you say so it I took a to long time to get off it, you mean you had a, a lot 20, of your life... Two decades. Uh, yeah, you two had decades, a lot of your life yeah. lost to it. Correct. Two decades of drinking heavy and being drunk and being out on a Friday night. Binge drinking, basically. But I am absolutely over the moon. Uh, there is no money to buy the fact that I'm celebrating my 62nd birthday on Tuesday. And I look well. I feel good. I've been through the ringer with bipolar and the whole lot, and I've uh, had a ha- alcohol addiction. So I had a dual diagnosis. Yeah. I had the mental health and I had the alcohol. Yeah. And I have done incredibly well. And would you believe it's the first time in my life, in many, in all of my life, really, that I can actually praise myself. You know, I was always very hard on myself, but now I can praise myself, you know. And there is a few people I want to thank. Yeah, you, I, and I get to that. You, and it's right that you should praise yourself. But does the, but do, you, do you have to watch? Do you have to watch that with regards to say becoming complacent? I, I'm well in charge of the alcohol. The one thing that I have to watch on a daily basis is the bipolar disorder, because that can be very, very. It can creep up on you, and you don't know it, and you get high, and you don't know it, and it's a terrible place to be. And so what would getting what, what would getting um, a, a high peak an emotional high h- how would that happen how would that how would that happen and, and and how do you react when it does it, you, it can, the big thing that can happen is you can go spending mad mad spending spree and it, I kind of know what now different environments would, be, would would bring it on as well if you're in a very happier bouncy environment it can bring it on but it's just it's uh, um, like at the end of the day, bipolar disorder is summed up. It's just a mood disorder and it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. But it went undiagnosed for many years with me. Yeah. And that's why I was drinking heavy and going mad. I'd say I might be wrong, but there's a lot of people who have the same condition who are out there probably drinking and going mad and who have mental health issues. What do you mean by, talking. I know you talk about going drinking, but what do you mean by going mad? Going mad. Gambling, uh, spending, women, paying for sex, uh, drinking like mad, uh, everything that's bad. It, what, it, what it is actually is, 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 in a way, women threw it at the counseling and the two words that come into my mind, you want instant gratification. It's like the guy paying, taking cocaine tonight. He, he wants the instant gratification. Yeah. 
That's just the way I was for many, many, many years. And did you, you know, you know in an, I mean, was it, were you getting closer and closer to a time where you were saying, I'm tired of this, is it? I just can't do this. Yeah, or I think there was. You were sick I, all I the think, time. Yeah, I think I was sick of it. And I was absolute, I was in a merry-go-round and I wanted to get off it. And I think uh, Daniel O'Donnell has said that, that when you're in that zone of drinking and going mad, it's very hard to get off it or it's very hard to talk to somebody. It was me had some kind of a light bulb moment. But then when I got the light bulb moment, I got a great woman to help me and to guide me along the way. And there are things that she said to me back along that I still think of today, you know, like that word instant gratification. And I am very grateful to that person for getting me up. I did an, I did an incredible amount of work between counseling and different things, and hours and hours of counselling with different people after. And I found out a lot of the cause of it. One of the causes was uh, uh, physical abuse at national school was the main. And it was, I was delighted to find that out. Uh, it had a huge impact on my life. Why, why, was that an, why was that an issue? Was that a missing piece of the jigsaw? And if so, how did that... It was. I couldn't, I couldn't identify it. Why, why did I go mad drinking and... I remember leaving national school and going into secondary school distinctly. And I was the quietest person in the corner because the head was beaten off me in national school. And I, was, I went to De La Salle McCroom. I, I was like, you wouldn't hear a pin drop. And the confidence, I was talking to somebody in Man Point yesterday, the confidence was beaten out of me by, by the teacher in national school. I look at young people today, and I was remarking to that girl down in the shop yesterday, man, point, how confident young people are now. You know, people are 20 and 22. Um, it's wonderful. And, and did, I didn't have that confidence at all. Yeah, you know? did, did you find the confidence the in the bottle then, was it? Yeah, exactly. I was escaping all the stuff, you know. I was escaping all the, you know. and But that was a huge cause of my drinking. Like, And there are a lot of people who uh, have taken their own lives and I've had terrible lives because of teachers years ago who clattered and beat the hell out of people. I know it. And it happened to me, and it happened to others. And I know of people who are around 60 or 50 who took their own life, and that was a major cause of it. So how much, you know, of, an issue was, how much of an issue was the company you kept? No, I, would you believe, I, when I was drinking, I was selfish. I just went to the pub, and I loved sitting at the bar, and I drank like hell. I drank Guinness, and, I, and then when John Gin and Tonic then... Back then, it was on the slimline glass. And I just drank and drank and drank, you know. Yeah. And I spent thousands of euros. Uh, 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 like, if, if I hadn't drank, I would have a beautiful villa or a small apartment in Portugal now. Yeah, but you don't dwell on that, do you? No, I've moved on and uh, I'm delighted. The best birthday present I can have is to be off the drink next Tuesday and to say to myself, I did it. Yeah. How will you celebrate? Showed, How will you celebrate there's that? One, on? Yeah. There's one. There's one word. John Kiley, the Limerick manager, and Jack O'Connor on the last two Sundays after the game, and they spoke about winning, and the two of them used the same word, and it, it's a word I love, and it's something that I dug into. Resilience. You know, I have shown incredible resilience to go off and stay off the drink for that length of time, yeah. and. I am extremely proud of that. Yeah. And I am very grateful to all the people who helped me. And I particularly want to thank yourself and Red FM 
for giving me a platform over the last few years of talking about addiction and alcohol and mental health. And I, am, I mean that. I'm very yeah. grateful for, uh, the, for yourself and the show to give me that platform to talk about it. Because it, it, it does take a bit of courage a fair bit of courage yeah. to talk about. No, but you've been very honest and very open. You don't, you know. And you there's don't, an awful lot of people. You've unpacked a lot. Yeah, over the yeah, years. Yeah, and they, they, there's an awful lot of people in Cork City, in County today, who are suffering mental health or depression or whatever, and they won't talk about it. So I'd like to reach out to them people. And the other group of people that I want to thank for the last decade are the absolutely incredible people in Aware. I've gone there for the last 10 years, Tuesday night, Thursday night the facilitators who do it for free, the people who come into the meetings, support one another, young people in their 20s with anxiety, people with bipolar, people with depression. They're incredible. They're one of the most incredible organisations in the country. Do you go and without, without well, aware, yeah. I wouldn't be talking to you today. Well, fair play to each and everyone. What about AA? Did you go to AA? I went to AA, but I did find the aware was better. It was a more structured place. I did go to the A and I found it good, but I did find a lot of anger and angst there. I found it a more charming environment. When you speak in an aware meeting, they listen. And it's a great place to practice. What do you mean by story. anger at AA? Surely it's just people talking through their own stories. They are, but the other one thing, when I went to AA first, uh, I had this <laughs> foolish notion that they were all honest, you know. But sure, they're often and they're honest and they're often and they're honest, you know. And... I did find it good, and it's a good organisation. Don't get me wrong. Great support. and uh, No, they're off uh, it and they're on it because that's why they're going to AA, to help them to stay off yeah, it longer yeah, and on exactly. it. Stay off Less. it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, but, they, like, when I went off it, I stayed off it. That is some achievement, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, yeah. for a man who's drinking like bloody hell to go off it and stay off it. There, there are fantastic people in the AA. They do incredible work. And I, what, I remember one thing, Neil, on your show back a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And after the show, somebody rang in and he was a truck driver. And I met him for a few meetings down the Kingsley and he turned his life around. Would you believe I have lost his number? And, but it, he got married, as far as I know, uh, last November. But from listening to the show and me talking... He took upon himself, the penny dropped, the light bulb moment came, and he turned his life Fair around. But play. I think that, that's the platform. Isn't that wonderful for Red FM? It's wonderful oh, I'm for delighted. Be, I'm delighted to be part of all of those good stories where and, people and manage to turn their life around. Like, I, I you've given the platform. Right. I've spoken to RTE. They never put me on. I've spoken to TV3. You have given me the platform to reach out. And what I am saying today is, again, if there's anybody out there ready to walk the walk and talk the talk and do it and give up drugs or drink, I'm here to help. Because at the end of the day, what aware is, and aware is all about one person supporting the other. Okay, I'm happy to. I, I'm pa- okay, I'm happy to pass on your number. Is that okay? If yeah, anybody, okay, okay. Uh, and, and, people, people supporting okay. each other. Okay, you know, yeah. like like my neighbour, I cut her grass. She's in her eighties, right? All during the pandemic. And she offered me money. I said, if you pay me, I won't do it. Yeah, I know. It's the same thing. It's people supporting one another. That's the key to lifting people off the drug thing. 
you know. Well, and, I'm uh, delighted. Like, Listen, I wish I had more time, but it, it, you have an open door here, so do come back. But I want to wish you happy birthday for Tuesday and I, also for your 10 years or perhaps longer of, of sobriety. If it was in and around Katie Taylor, that would be your 10th anniversary. Are, are you ever going to go back into the rag trade? I mean, I've never come across anybody with your knowledge, particularly of men's I, fashion. Is that all behind you well, now? It is. Do you know, I, 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 I don't miss the rag trade per se, but you know what I miss? I miss the people. Yeah. The customers and the people and the great people. Because that's you had a what fabulous I way with Clobber, though. You really did, Vincent. You were incredibly talented yeah. in that regard. And I, I, you know, when you're in the rag trade, it never leaves you. You always like clothes. You like dressing well, keeping yourself well. It's a great business. And I was in Matton Point yesterday. And what a fantastic place. The staff in each of the shops. Hello, how are you? I couldn't believe it. I was saying, God, this place is like the young people did you call into best menswear because they are doing some I did, fabulous fashion I did oh. I was in um, I was in um, that JD Sports what a fantastic young girl but the way they come up and say hello to you and talk to you that's what it's all about yeah. you know yes. uh, and that's what uh, I was good at when people walk into the shop they were great you can play me one song <laughs> uh, I love this song and I'm going to it's my challenge till Christmas uh, I'm back in the gym losing weight dietitian the whole lot we're on a new buzz uh, the Hucklebuck <laughs> Friend and Boyer is it? <laughs> yeah well which is the best version whichever you think is the best version of the Hucklebuck I thought there was I thought there was only one I thought it was only Brendan Boyer <laughs> I think there's the lo- locomotives is, is there there's that one yeah <laughs> I know yeah. that's only a pretender <laughs> to the crown I'll see if I can exactly. drag it out alright listen have a great Thanks, weekend Steve. and happy birthday and have congratulations always do stay in touch okay I'm very conscious of time lads I need to plough ahead I want to talk to Tony Tobin I think he might even be out of the country down in Spain at the moment he's supposed to be the connoisseur of 99s of the ice cream cone Tony Hello, Neil. How are you, I only just found you a brother of Ken Tobin, the super DJ. I am indeed. Oh, my I am God. Indeed. How is I... T-Bone these days? I haven't seen him since I fled the mothership up on the hill. How is he? <laughs> he's outstanding, mate. They put him out the grass. No, he's down in 103. He's in Mallow on 103. One of the greatest guys. You can only be one nice guy if you have a brother in the name of Ken Tobin. But what's the story, well, what's the story well, with 99s? Well, Neil, I, I look. I just love ninety nines. I always did. I always had to say, was a small boy coming home from the beaches and getting your ninety nine. It was it was a thrill at the time, and it was a, it was a treat. And I do it now today with my. Well, I did it with my own kids. They're all big men, grown up now. But I do it with my grandchildren, and I still enjoy the ninety nine myself. Neil. And do you post uh, the photographs of your ninety nines online? I do, Neil. I'm doing it for years. And I point it up to the blue sky when we do get them at home, Neil. And I point it up to the blue sky and there's no, there's no better picture of me. Okay. And, and you've been sky. putting up ones called, one of them is called the Fat Boy from Twilight News, <laughs> is it? <laughs> That's right. Because I was getting a lot of them, um, a lot of, uh, you know, personal messages and fellas sent me about this big one up in County Mead. Yeah. But, Wait, that, that looked a bit skinny to me now, Neil. And I prefer now to have my fellas with a bit of weight and a bit stockier than that. Like, you know? like a wider uh, girth at the base by the cone, yeah, is it? Like, no, I, asked, I asked the question yesterday. We said, no once and for all, what's better, length or girth? <laughs> and I think the girth... <laughs> I think the girth, I think the girth is, is, coming up, is coming up the inside the last all along, Neil. <laughs> you, so you have seen the big boy up in the county Meath, have you? Well, I, yeah, I had me, but it's a bit, a bit skinny, like, just like a little old bantamweight, you know? <laughs> well, we're, we're, 
We're middleweights down here and heavyweights, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. They're, I, apparently I they're selling between 400 and, 500, 400 and 500 big boys foot-long cones above in County Meath every day. Every day, my God. Just, so they must be coming out from Dublin and all sorts of them. They do need 400 men getting up there, right? No, we need to beat that. We need to get a bigger one than a foot with a wide girth. Don't get me wrong. I accept what you're saying. Have you heard of the Dermot, um, which is... Uh, a big baiter of a 99 cone in Hurleyhees on Patrick Street. Never heard of it uh, until you said it there now, Neil, because I've been away now for a few weeks. So, But any centre in Cork are brilliant for 99. Listen, I must give you the... When, when we were in lockdown there for a while, remember we were in I have a few underlying problems, so I was in for a good few months. Couldn't see anyone for a few months. But when we got out, I went to centre in the Kinsale Road and a lovely girl in there, Molly, she gave me a 99. Knew I was... My wife told us this is first one now in a couple of months, <laughs> and she, she made it a big one, Neil. But you know what she did? She put two flakes in it, Neil. Beat that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk ninety nines all day. To be honest, do you eat them all year round, even in the winter? I do, Neil. And sometimes I have to search for them. You know, you don't get them everywhere, but I do. I do. I, I if I can find one, I stop. I stop on the side of the road and I get it. Yeah, You've just absolutely. sent me a photograph of the lovely Molly's uh, double double um, flake yeah. ice cream that you have yeah. here. For, so, I, and also, I got a got a listener who sent me in a photograph of a ninety nine from Ross's Centra in Watergrass Hill. You could nearly pole vault over the top of it. They said, <laughs> or you could Brilliant use it. You could use Brilliant. it as a pole vault. I'd say. <laughs> and I do you I'm, do you put I'm any toppings on them? No. Very, very. If I'm with the grandchildren, I might do that. I might put a little bit of drizzle on it, the old uh, thousands and thousands. But normally, I wouldn't. I prefer, I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur, Neil. I like it plain and simple. You know. Do you know what wrecks my head when they put yeah. the when they put the the flake in sideways or crooked? It's an awful yes. pain because you just yes. can't attack it properly. Then would you agree? Exactly. It's actually it's sticking into your throat when you're trying to bite when you're trying to lick the ice cream, Neil. <laughs> it has to be at the right angle. <laughs> Is it hot down there, Tony? Neil, I'm telling you now, it's violent. We're actually having a heat wave, which just sounds mad for Spain, but normally, no, 28, 29, 30, I'd be melting anyway. But it's 37, 38, even hitting 40 here now at the moment. It's absolutely melting. It's scary, I know. And they don't do, do, they don't do 99s in Spain, do they? They do the scoopy ones, don't they? They do They do the Gino Giletto, Neil. It's, it's lovely Italian ice cream, but it's not a patch on or whipped ice cream. For me, anyway, right? Lots of people like it. But I asked the girl the other day, we went into a, a Gino Giletto, and I said, would you would you know what a 99 is? And she didn't have one of yours. So I showed her a picture, and you have your 99. And I said, could you, could you do anything even like it, just to resemble it? Because I'm dying for one. <laughs> so she went away and she had this like a whippy machine which yeah. I thought she was just great she was pouring it away into the corn like you know yeah. and when it came back you know what it was these frozen yogurt <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing at yeah. all yeah. and I and I said so she's like there's no you put no no flake no chocolate eh? so she put a spoon a small spoon I said ah come on no. I said I'm I gave her eight or a ten for trying these, you know. <laughs> big problem with the big cones is they can topple off the cone down onto the ground. Has that happened to and you? It almost happened to me with the one from Twilight, Neil. <laughs> when I came out of the shop, the fat I boy. was how big it was, right? The fat boy. And I was walking on the corner with all the taxis up here, and all the taxi drivers were looking out the window at me laughing, you know, the size of it. 
I just, I just stared at Nina, went to top and to the right, and I cut my hand right, and I just guided it back on. I was, I was hard. I've been there, boy, I've been there. You wouldn't want to be trying that when you're driving a car. <laughs> What's the difference between a fat boy and a big boy? Well, the, the time to take it easy, Neil, because... If you're trying to lick one of the skinny ones, right, the tall ones, so, I mean, where, where are you going to lick that? The end of it, it'll be gone, the whole lot will tackle. Whereas with the, with the fast boy, it's like a helter-skelter slide. You could be licking it all day and you'll still never get into the centre of it. <laughs> oh, my God, you're insane, you know that. I think you have sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have heat stroke and sunstroke. One of them, I mean, <laughs> well, enjoy I, the rest I, of the holidays, right? I bet you can't wait to get back for a 99 with two really? flakes. There's two things now I'm missing, right? Out in Spain. Two things I'm missing. My grandchildren and a 99. <laughs> and that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get home. Grab the grandchildren. I'm out up to Central and Ballyfehan. I'm going to have a big 99 over Ballyfehan. Yeah, but what if you had to only pick one or the other? Would it be the grandchildren or the 99? <laughs> you don't put me on the spot All now, right, please. Uh, <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Tony. Yeah, Great chatting with you. Can I say one thing today? Do you know what does it? Do you ever know, see, I write poems as well, and I have, I have a poem only 99. Right. Would you like to hear it? I'd love it. Go ahead. One minute there now, right? And I say, no, I'm going to be trying to read this now with the phone in my hand, so I probably <laughs> won't get to hear what you're saying now. But I give I'll a say nothing. Me, you know? God, yeah, yeah. I just put on your glasses there now, Nate. <laughs> one minute there now, bud. See the phone in the sun. I can't see the phone in the sun. One minute. There we go. Take just coming back to me, Nate. Just coming back. Take your time. I think I have it now. It'd be like a 99 worth yeah. waiting for. <laughs> I can't see it, Would you believe that in the sun? I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you back on to Kevin and Claire there and they might be right. able to record the poem off you, you know? And All then right, I can try okay. and play it out before midday. So let's do that and so you can get into a shaded area where you can actually see the type on the phone, all right? Yeah. All right, well, I do want to hear the poem, so I'll put you back on hold, Tony. Mind yourself. Yep. Listen, it was lovely to you, Neil, and uh, listen, have a 99 for me, will you? I will, I, I will. I, I, I don't know about the big ones. They'd be liable to give me a brain freeze. Push the fat boy now, and the mind that Carl thinks from up and me. Push the fat boy from cock. I think the man who can do that for us, I'll talk to you later, Tony. I want to hear that poem. I think the man who could do this for us could well be Dermot. He's got the Derminator downtown. Joins me by phone. Dermot! Hello, hi, how are you? I'm good. You've had a lot of practice, have you? Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Five years worth of practice there. So, um, Inside, you're in Hurley Centre on Patrick Street. And you have a yes, reputation yes. to make an absolute monster called the Derminator. How tall? Oh, they're about 18.5 uh, centimetres. Uh, never it's mind your centimetres, man. Tell me what that is in inches. <laughs> in inches, uh, ooh, uh, I think they're about, I think that... Um, seven and a half, I think. Yeah, seven and a half, yeah, seven and a half inches, Is there yeah. any way you could get it past a foot to beat a current service station in County Mead? Uh, I suppose I could, yeah, um... I'd say I, I'll try it now. I'm coming into work now today, so I can try it there. <laughs> oh, damn it, man. I wish to God you were there right now because I'd love to break the Mead record live on air. You're nowhere near the, you're nowhere near the centre, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> what happens when it goes past, say, eight or nine inches? Does it, is it liable to topple? Uh, I suppose if, you have it, if you've done it correctly now, like I say, you can actually get uh, more than a foot. Like um, once it's in the centre and you've... Uh, 
twirled it right. You you could get over a foot. Okay, so there's a technique involved in this, is there? Oh yes, yeah, um, yeah. Once you get those techniques, like uh, you're well able to make big ones. Do the you know as you're swirling it around and it's growing, do the swirls have to be really tight, like a foundation? Um, not necessarily. Like that, that'd be like if you wanted really tall. So like, um, I kind of like get it like around the cone, like just around the cone. So like, um. So, like, if you have it really tight, like, you know, it might be just too kind of skinny. Don't care. I'm not bothered about that. <laughs> it's the height that I'm trying to get. I need to beat yeah. this Meath business, you know. They've got a 12, <laughs> they've got a 12-incher up there called the Big Boy. You've got the Derminator, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I sent you in one of those orange traffic cones? Could you fill that? Oh, I could, yeah, no problem, no problem. You know the ones out in the street, the cones that they use for traffic? If I sent one of you, turn her upside down, plug the end of it, Would you? could you fill that? I'd say we could, yeah. Now we probably need a bit more mix, all right, but like... But there's nobody okay. would beat that record then? No, 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 nobody would, no, not a chance. <laughs> you must think I'm insane, do you? Ah, no, not at all, sure, it's normal. <laughs> okay, so what time are you going to work at? Uh, I'm uh, starting now at uh, two o'clock, uh, quarter past two. So I'll be in then. And is there a lot of demand for ninety nines at this time of the year, particularly with the heat? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, nearly every second uh, person in line are looking for ninety nines. Um, so and we, we're very busy shopping here in Central Patrick Street. So are you so, full time yeah. on that station? Are you on the ninety nine station? Um, well, if there's a ninety nine now. Um, and like it's yeah, I, I I would be nearly full time on it. Um, now we have uh, other staff that are well able to make good night nights as well. Ah, uh, yeah, but I hear you're the connoisseur, though. You're the main man, I believe. <laughs> 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 what about sprinkles then? What do you put on? Do you put any kind of syrup on them? Uh no, but we're I I uh, we we actually don't have chocolate sauce or any sauce. But I said we need to try and get them in now. I say it would be good now because a lot of people are looking for sprinkles or chocolate sauce strawberry sauce Okay, so, now I, I have photographs and videos of you doing your thing inside in Hurley's right I also have a photograph across the road is there a bit of competition between you and Twilight News Ah uh, sure look I don't I don't know enough if they have a chance at all or <laughs> Okay. I also have a photograph here of Ross's Centre in Watergrass Hill another humdinger but I need you to get in there and video an ice cream, 99, that's over a foot in height today. Over a foot. Today, I can do that, yeah. All right, pal. And if you can go a foot and a half, that's fine. If you want the traffic cone, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that, no problem. <laughs> I'll come back to it on Monday then. Good luck. Thanks, Dermot. No problem. Thank that's you That's the Derminator. Much. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Okay, just some bits and pieces, a uh, little bit of housekeeping. Oh, listen, this afternoon you've got a chance to win an overnight stay in the Maldron on the South Mall this weekend. Uh, check out the Red FM Breaks specials on their, so on our social media for info on staying at the Maldron South Mall this weekend. So listen out this afternoon, win a chance to stay overnight uh, for in the Maldron Hotel, South Mall. That's this afternoon on air. Um, I was reading last night online that Casanova Gelato, who do the most beautiful Italian ice creams, have announced the closure of their city centre premises. They say this will be the last summer there and they're 
apparently looking for alternative locations because, um, I mean, they're there since 2016. There's always a queue outside it, always, such as the popularity of their beautiful ice cream at Casanova Gelato. But I think they're unable to renew the lease because the building is being sold. I'm hearing that way too often. But uh, hopefully things will work out for Casanova Gelato. And they're asking people for their help if they have any connections or any advice as to where to go, information where they could find themselves an alternative location and anybody might know of a premises that might suit them to lease to get in touch with Casanova Gelato directly because they're asking for asking for help. We don't want to see the back of them because they do great ice creams and a fabulous business. And it's just great. They put smiles on people's faces. That's why they queue there. Okay, Free Food Friday. Shout outs to everybody at Audi on the Bandon Road, to everyone at RPC Haulage, to everyone at Dental Options and Blackrock who are absolutely starved, to uh, Roadstone Dispatch and Ballancolic, Joe Crowley Oils in Inishannon, Cullen View Interiors, Mackesy Contracts, everybody at Ballancolic Garda Station, the hardworking boys and girls in blue, Power Aggregates and Carrick Tools, CCS Solutions are listening, Daraglin Nursing Home, PMC Commercials, Joe's Edge Hair Salon, Oranor Tires, Merview Laboratories, Unified Packaging and Carrick Tool, and everybody at the Cove Foundation. So, pick a winner there, guys, and let me know what it is, and we'll get sorted then for our winners for Free Food Friday this week, courtesy of ourselves, and Roosters Piri Piri Blackpool and Douglas as well so check them out online if you're buying some food over the weekend. Just before I go, congratulations to Finbar Lynch from Barrick Street and George O'Regan in Mayfield. They've got tickets for the Cork City Galway game this evening. Huge promotion showdown and tickets are still selling if you'd like to go along. 6,000 should be uh, out the cross tonight for that game. Final, final little bit of business just before our Free Food Friday winner Sean, good morning. How are you, Neil? How are you doing? I'm good. I don't have much time, pal. I know it's a long shot, but you were in the city yesterday and lost your wallet. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yesterday afternoon, between 4 and 4.30, I was in Patrick Street, and um, my daughter's getting married tomorrow. And you um, need the cards to have the free bar at the wedding tomorrow, is it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh my. so listen, look, I, I've left my details with the, with the Gardaí and the Bridewell. Just if anyone wants to come, it's a brown, dark chapter brown wallet. I had four or five credit cards and I had a bit of cash too. So listen, uh, I, I'd be given a reward to anyone if, if they were good. If they found If anybody back. has found like, your wallet, let them get in touch with me. You say you've been on to the Gardaí and lost and found and what have you. But if they, if I find out about it, we'll get in touch with you. So people can text 0868104106. Substantial amount of money, all your credit cards. Daughter's getting married tomorrow, you say. Oh my God, big she day. Is. She is uh, th- the third, th- third time. Third, uh, it's the third. Uh, you know, it's been cancelled on two previous occasions because of COVID. So third time lucky, as they say. Third time I know lucky. it, but listen, she couldn't have got a better day for it tomorrow. Oh, fantastic! Beautiful weather. Okay, it's okay. Too warm. It's too warm. It's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> too warm to be in a suit, <laughs> says you. Well, at least exactly. you're not in a wedding dress. Can you imagine how hot you'll feel. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, listen, okay, a great yeah, day yeah. tomorrow. Enjoy it. So your Thanks. wallet was lost on Patrick Street yesterday. It's a brown wallet, you're saying? Yeah, dark chocolate brown wallet. Yeah, right. it was four or five cards and my driving license and some cash, if, if anyone was to find the place. Okay, listen, the shout out is out there. If anybody's come across it listening to me, they can text me 0868104106 and we'll get it back to you. All right, Sean? Cheers, cheers, my man. Winners this week for Free Food Friday apparently is Unified Packaging Group down at the IDA Business Park in Carrick Tool. The lads are busily now getting them on the phone. I think they actually are on the phone. Let's find out. Mark! Hello, Neil. How many of you are down there in Unified Packaging? Uh, There's probably 80, 80 to 90 people. Oh, for God's sake, I can't feed 80 or 90 of you. I could feed maybe 20. What are you going to do? You're going to have to, we'll have to purchase another 60 
people for Rooster's Perry Perry. <laughs> well, it's it's on the way. You can go and work out how you feed everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take care of the people I like, Neil. But that's it. You can be selective. <laughs> this is payback time for people who've been nasty to you down through the years, Absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, well, is there anybody around there for a shout-out or are you all on your own? Yeah, we've uh, we've a few of us here in the office. All right, are you happy with your win? Yeah! Good stuff. Enjoy lunch, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri. Have a great weekend, Mark, to all of you in Unified Thanks, Packaging. Man. Cheers. Take care. Now, I'm opening the phone lines. All told so far, I've got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 different tourist groups and tourist attractions have come on board with family passes. I'll give away five family passes right now how we're going to do it or which ones you get I have no idea I'll leave that up to Claire off you go lines are open for family passes to take your loved ones off to Michael Collins House by Guyland Cove Heritage Centre Camden Fort Mar Skibbereen Heritage Centre Yaw Clockgate Tower the Collegiate Church Photo Wildlife Park Leahy's Farm UCC Blackrock Castle Observatory Leisureplex Cork City Jail West Cork Secret Zippet Farron Woods Clonakilty Blackpool Visitor Black Pudding Visitor Centre West Cork Mollage Railway Model Railway Shandon Bells Cork Harbour Boats Hire oh I love those I know the lads behind that and Cork City Jail. So get dialing for them. 0818 I'm out of time. Have a great day. I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.